Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, April 15th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 400. This is No Agenda. Celebrating our sixth year of fighting evil and coming to you from Cam Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And with uh, no further ado, and from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Bottom Buzzkill in the morning. Happy 400, my friend. I had to do a, find a pen. <laughs> it's happy 400 to you and... Uh, in the morning and in the morning to uh, all the ships at sea, they're listening to this show 400 and also the boots on the ground that should be listening to show 400 and the feet in the air who could find other things to do with their time and also the feet washing up on shore. And, of course, the uh, the boats under the sea. Oh, yes, we do have a submariner. We have su- submariners uh, listening to the show. And in the morning to all of the... Uh Human resources, listeners and producers who are uh, charged up, ready to go in our chat room as always. It uh, is always a great help to have you there giving us fine advice um, at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it is. Our, this is our sixth year, is it not? Uh, I believe I it is. Know. Yeah, I, 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 believe. I don't know. What was the first date of the first show? I don't know. I just made it. I just figured out oh, six sounds good. I think it's five. No, I think this is our sixth year. Officially, well, we do a hundred shows a, a year, so it's impossible. No, 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 I no, no, no. Think about it. Two shows a week—that's fifty-two weeks. That's a hundred shows a year. This is show four hundred. How could it possibly, in a, in, a, in, a, in a, by any stretch of the imagination, since we started off doing one show a week, could it be our sixth year? Well, hold on a second. Um, I so that, you're, you're going to argue this? Yes, I am. I think we started in two thousand eight. Uh, was it 2007 or 2008? It was, well, I think we can find that at uh, the I iTunes. Maybe. S- yeah. We're, we're, we're well prepared no, for this. No, the Wikipedia. We have a wiki. We have a wiki page <laughs> dedicated yeah, to 2007. Us. We started in 2007. Yeah, like in October. Uh, really? Yeah, it was near Christmas, just before Christmas. Hmm. All right, hold on a second. So you're on the No Agenda wiki page? No, I'm in iTunes. I'm trying to find uh, just the the first show that we ever did. So if I go to uh, iTunes Store, no, uh, uh, <laughs> no agenda. This is how much we care about it. <laughs> we, we really, we really prepared Dave for you. October twenty six, two thousand seven. Okay. All right. So then, this is our. We're in our fifth year. This is our sixth year. No. 2007. 2007 to 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. It's our six year. We're not even, we have not hit. We've not no. even done five? We're not, we haven't even done five. Well, let's do the show over again then, because I said it all wrong. No, it's fine. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. Anyway, I was so we happy. straighten stuff out in real time on the show. We do. Of course, uh, uh, even though... We're only in our fifth year. Uh, we have seen that uh, we are extremely influential in the world of politics. As uh, well, what do you, what do you, don't laugh at me. This is this is the truth. We're extremely influential. As uh, now, even the Secret Service has decided to take our hooker and blow uh, moniker <laughs> yeah. and yeah, use but they, that. You, they, you, somebody has to tell them they have to pay the hookers. Yeah, <laughs> it's like how could they have gotten that wrong? <laughs> I actually. Uh, oh wow! All right, so this is great. There we go. 
I uh, I pulled this one apart. I felt like, what is going on here? Uh, you pulled what apart? I I pulled the, the hookers, ho- and, the blow hookers and blow story. Except that right now, uh, something crashed here, and I can't play any clips. Oh, you uh, want to start the show over? No, 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 no. I'll just uh, hold on a second. Let me just. So a, a October two twenty six two thousand seven is another celebratory day because then that is a that's our fifth anniversary. Uh, October what? Twenty sixth. Okay, I'll bear that in mind. Well, you can bear whatever you want. All right. So this, of course, was a big distraction, and actually, it is. Uh, and this is why this show is so great. Um, because you know you don't have just have one guy, and I think we should kind of reiterate before we actually get into it that the that the two of us started this show just as a conversation between two guys who kind of knew that the other the other one was just as as uh, as hated as uh, as the other in the public mind eye. I think you were hated more, a little more, yeah. But so that's what that was your attraction to me, obviously. And uh, <laughs> I hate this guy. This guy's a dick. Uh, it's like it's like the fat girl wants to be around fatter girls. So. Ooh, 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 ooh! Careful now with my Rubenesque women. I'm just saying, you know, they want to be, uh, they want to look thin by comparison. I look yeah. good, you know. So I'm we looking we, good here. So just so for those of you who are relatively new to the program, we never speak uh, except these uh, few hours twice a week. That's the only time we actually communicate. Once in a while, I may call for a, a cooking recipe. Uh, but there's no uh, pre um, pre arranged preparation. We do not uh, rehearse the show, as no. you can tell. Yes, by today's show. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a fine example. Fine example. Show four hundred unrehearsed. <laughs> unrehearsed. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I I bring to the table what I've got. John brings what he's got, and uh, we compare because it's still kind of just like us trying to amuse each other, and it has uh, kind of hit on uh, on a, hit a uh, hit a nerve with people around Gitmo Nation. So. As I was looking at this, um, at this uh, Secret Service um, story, it immediately reminded me of a clip that you had on the previous show, and so I want to replay that clip, uh, the previous episode, and uh, then I'll lead you down the path. And I have to say, first of all, the Secret Service was actually doing their job and doing it correctly, and should be commended for what they're doing. And I will explain why I have this opinion. First, this is the clip that uh, John rolled out on the previous episode. The turn of the century. <laughs> Issue three, the war on drugs. A shocker. The president of Guatemala, a Central American country, has proposed an extremely controversial agenda item for the upcoming summit. Drug legalization. Drugs and drug violence are plaguing much of Central and South America. So, listen carefully. The president of Guatemala has proposed a regional court to try drug traffickers and to decriminalize the transport and consumption of drugs and getting economic compensation from the United States for drugs seized in the U.S. On compensation, he said, quote, For every kilo of cocaine that is seized, we want to be compensated 50% by the consumer countries. So this this is what, you know, we laughed about. This is from the McLaughlin Group. And we're like, oh, that's pretty funny. And then I started to do a little bit of research. And this is the Summit of the Americas that the president uh, was joining. And uh, what happened is really the pretty much the number one item on the agenda was this legalization of drugs. This had very little to do with any trade agreements. I've pulled a couple of uh, 
A couple of clips. Here is the Costa Rican president, who of course was going to attend. What do you make of the proposal by the president of Guatemala, where he says that perhaps the sale of drugs should be legalized because that would decrease violence? Uh, I think that at least uh, uh, we should discuss it and we should try to look at the evidence of some other nations that have tried with these uh, kind of uh, alternatives. Um, okay, here is the president of Guatemala. I find that crime, corruption and violence have grown in my country, while the cartels have spilled over from Mexico into Guatemala. Our institutions have been weakened. And this is happening elsewhere. So now I ask myself, are we doing things right? Okay. Here is the uh, report from uh, our Canadian uh, uh, neighbors about President Harper. Uh, and part of the problem, of course, uh, is that it's pretty hard to have prosperous businesses and more trade uh, when there are gun battles raging in the streets. Of course, in Mexico, in Colombia, and many other countries in Latin America, uh, that is often the case. Uh, and uh, so the second big issue on this trip will be security, meaning, of course, the drug war. And this very interesting debate, which is being promoted at the summit by the host and uh, the chairman of the summit, President Santos of Colombia. Okay. And the president gets there. He gets to Guatemala, uh, to uh, uh, Cartagena, and he's on Univision, and he's asked a question about this. Um, Mr. President, this lively discussion on uh, the issue of drug consumption, drug trafficking among the regional leadership seems to have caught American diplomacy a little bit off guard. I don't mind a debate around issues like uh, decriminalization. Uh, I personally uh, don't agree that that's uh, a solution to the problem. Uh, but uh, I think that given the pressures that a lot of governments are under here, under-resourced, uh, overwhelmed by uh, violence, uh, it's completely understandable that they would look for uh, uh, new approaches. Yeah. So he's clearly annoyed by all of this. So we cannot have this the number one a topic of conversation coming out of the Summit of Americas. And you don't know why, John? Why can this not be the number one topic? What? Well, well no, be- because why? because the drug trade is the only thing propping up our economy right now. Oh, yeah, no, that's a good point. And especially if we go by our th- thesis that the Afghanistan thing for well, the no, but even, but even essentially the, paying for the CIA. Even the United Nations said... That if the banks, the, the top banks in America had not been laundering the drug money, they would have collapsed. The, the banks are at this moment, I really believe, and this is a U.N. report, so take it for what it is. They're probably playing it down, if anything, uh, is being propped up by yeah, this, know, uh, by like this like drug theory. trade. Now, and what, by the way, wait, they wait. Did, you know, what they did bring it under discussion is that the woman kind of made this kind of a cute comment. Well, you maybe we should look at what, what the experiences with other countries are and see what happened, it, which points the finger right at Portugal, which nobody wants to talk about. They've decriminalized uh, drugs. 13 and years and ago. Usage has gone down. The problems have gone down. Everything has essentially disappeared. So knowing that we cannot have this conversation, Obama cannot be the odd man out. We cannot decriminalize drugs because it, that would really mess up this awesome system they've built for themselves. Do you know, I looked this up, it's right on their website, what is the number one mission, without looking, John, of the Secret Service of the United States? What is their number one mission? To protect the president against hookers. Incorrect. Oh. 
Mission statement. The mission of the United States Secret Service is to safeguard the nation's financial infrastructure and payment systems to preserve the integrity of the economy and to protect national leaders visiting heads of state and government. Their number one mission is to protect the integrity of the economy. So when they found out that the entire PR move was about the drug thing, someone said, you know what, guys, we've got this is our it is our job and our duty. Let's get some hookers and cause a ruckus as a distraction. <laughs> Come on, you can't. You, the, you, yeah, no, I'm liking this. You this can't a get a blade. You can't get a, even a razor blade in this theory of mine. This yeah. is their entire. Their num- so I always thought. They did the job. You're right, then. They, they did, they their did job, a great and job. Sent back to Washington, D.C. To, to have a, to get a medal. ceremony a where medal. they each get a pin. Yes, a, <laughs> they get a, a ring, a commemorative pin. And yeah. uh, because, you know, it looked like a bunch of high fives They're yeah. landing in Washington, D.C. as we speak. And as the high fives are going on, nobody's going to follow any of that. None of the media. No, of course not. And they're they've done their job. They're, and the deal's and, done. And what you cannot be more patriotic than that to actually fall on your sword to protect the economy. You know, this is what these guys have sworn to do. Look at it. Secret yeah, these Service. These are the guys who go right after the counterfeiters. Secretservice.gov slash mission dot shtml right there. And I'm reading it from them. It's, so everyone thinks their job is to protect the president. No, that's their second mission. And it is subservient to their number one mission, which is to safeguard. I'm reading it verbatim. Safeguard. And actually, their second mission is actually part of the first mission, if you think about it. Well, of course it is. And so even the news media, and I have two clips here, one for, from CBS, they, they, they realize it's a distraction and they're just following along. Oh, okay, guys, we're supposed to follow this story. Let's not ixnay on the ugdre. Let's not talk about that. Here's CBS. The Secret Service sent home 12 of its personnel from Colombia, a distracting embarrassment for President Obama. There you go, distraction. But the Fox report was the funniest, mainly because the guy on the ground uh, starts uh, messing up, and I just have to play that because it's hilarious. But he's also, it's oh, it's a distraction. And then and they say, Okay, well, what's it distracting from? Uh, uh, he, he mentions it briefly. Presses attention away from the trade that the yeah. president had hoped would be the focus of this summit. Well, right? and, and let me ask you about that, Wendell, because, you know, here's the president hoping to be talking about trade agreements and economic cooperation uh, in the summit of the Americas. And now all of a sudden this scandal erupts out of nowhere. Is there anger over this apparent embarrassment here by by the White House? How would you characterize their reaction? Well, it's certainly an embarrassment because it takes the focus away from what the president would like the focus to be on. But frankly, the trade aspect of this summit was light to begin with. Uh And there were other elements that were uh, coming to the fore, if you will. the uh, drug decriminalization discussion that's going on here. Mm-hmm. The U.S., of course, objects to that, but there's more talk about that than there is about this scandal uh, uh-huh. involving the uh, Secret Service agents. Yeah, don't you get it, douchebag? That's the whole point. And more talk about the fact that Cuba is the odd man out at this summit. Hugo Castro, uh, um, uh, Castro not Hugo, I'm sorry, Fidel <laughs> Castro's brother. His new name is Hugo Castro. Hugo Castro. <laughs> Hugo, Hugo Castro, uh, whatever his name is. So the guy even recognizes it. It's like everyone was talking about the drug thing. Oh, I'm sorry, by the way. 
You didn't see this on the news in the United States of Gitmo Nation, did you? No. That's what our program is for, is to tell you. Because, of course, what a fun story. That No Agenda News Network was even filled with it. Our own producers are caught off guard by this. Like, oh, yeah, it's hookers, it's hookers. Hey, man, first of all, prostitution's legal there. So if these guys want, you know, if they're on duty, off duty, whatever it is, if they want to go bang some hookers, it's legal. It's okay. If it happened in Amsterdam, no one would be up in arms. So it's completely meant as a distraction to take away from the conversation of illegal drugs and drug trafficking, which is propping up our financial system. And we can't have that conversation. Uh, Mission accomplished. Good job, guys. That was one. What was funny to me is when this, as this thing was kind of winding down, they found a bunch of soldiers. Yeah, yeah, threw a couple in there. (laughs) There's like, oh, and they made kind of a semi fuss about. I'm thinking, gee, a soldier with a hooker. Never did just astonishing that this would happen. (laughs) Have you ever seen Good Morning Vietnam? I mean, come on. But here's the here's even more disturbing. So the Secret Service reports to the Department of Homeland Security. And that's uh, disturbing by itself. And I'm starting to wonder about these hookers because nowhere did they say they were gay hookers. And I'm thinking they just might have been. Uh, Something that we have um, looked at in the past, and I actually spent some time this morning, and I captured all the pictures of the marketing websites. If you go to uh, DHS.gov, the Department of Homeland Security, it is a marketing website, and it's trying to recruit you into the Department of Homeland Security, because, of course, you know, it's not big enough and this never existed uh, more than 10 years ago. bigger than the Marines. Yeah, yeah. And we need to have all kinds of douchebags in here. I want you to go to the guy who steals. Apparently, uh, they busted some guy just local that was stealing iPads. Yeah. Left and right. Well, that's the TSA, which is all which also reports this DHS still. And uh, and I guess he didn't realize that a lot of them have the. I guess there's some cool software you can run on the thing that detracts it. You know, if it has, yeah, a, yeah, if find, it has the right kind my, of Wi-Fi link. Yeah, find my iPad. Yeah. yeah. So go to dhspeople.curry.com, and for your convenience, I have uh, captured every single picture of the marketing website, and tell me that they're not looking for beautiful gay people. dhspeople.curry.com. John, are you there? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. So, all right, Angelo, probably Paul. Yeah, how about sure. how about Christine? Lucas, oh my God, <laughs> Lucas is a total brokeback mountain. Well, Ke- well, how about Kelly? Come on, she's a total lesbian. Yeah, yeah, she is. And then Richard, hello, he looks like the Republican uh, undercover gay. John, gay. Harold, gay. Monica, mm, possibly. How about Adamio? Yeah, oh yeah. How about Anitra? Come on, man. How about Tess? And Nietzsche looks like a guy. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, they're recruiting gays and lesbians. (laughs) Look at this. (laughs) It's an interesting argument. But come on. Maybe the photographer was gay and he just makes everybody look gay. Who runs Department of Homeland Security? Oh, my God. (laughs) Who runs the Department of Homeland Security? Oh, yeah. I rest my case. A lot of gay stuff going on this week. In fact, I think it all began with. uh, uh, that that douchebag from uh, the RIAA, Hillary Rosen. Oh, right, who is right. Notori- she's an out gay woman married to a woman. Uh, and I've th- decided that she is, uh, besides hating college kids, that she hates, I think she's a hater. I think she is heterophobic, which is a term nobody wants to use or even think about. Heterophobic? Oh, it's valid? It's totally valid. And there's no rationale for it not to be valid if you think about it. Because if people do not like... 
you know, they're, they're, they're homophobics. Everybody's homophobic. In fact, I coincidentally watched the Gay USA show and talking about being kind of overly sensitive to homophobia. Play the Gay USA Marvelous is homophobic. First of all, the White House uh, has announced that for LGBT Pride Month in June, they are running something called a Champions of Change video challenge. The deadline is May 4th to submit your video about LGBT people who you think are champions of change. You can go to whitehouse.gov to find out how to submit your video. And make sure you do, because this if Romney wins, this contest will not be held next year. <laughs> now, I here's my next thing. Do you think Obama's uh, little quip about uh, Mitt saying marvelous was homophobic? Yes. I do, too. Yes, I do. And in fact, the president uses the word marvelous once in a while. Now, George Bush Jr., or the George W. Bush, used the word fabulous all the time. Wow. All the time. All the time. They have this. You can YouTube that and find them. Everything was fabulous. And uh, yeah, you know, so, wow. First of all, I'm wow that you watch this. Oh, it's 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 on right, right and before or after a democracy now. So it's kind of it's irresistible. The the end of the show, the beginning of the show is pretty boring. It's just mostly them complaining about stuff. But but the show is actually very. It's there's an entertainment value. They've been on for thirty years, I believe. But this seems like a very. Uh, you know, they, they're very snide about stuff like this. Everything is a, is a little slam against them. And, and then they had, uh, I have a clip here. I have one other clip from the show. Full-fledged? Uh, full-fledged. Now, this is what, this, this is why I clipped this, because I was very irked by this. I think there's some heterophobia going on. There's something about this clip, because I would, wanted to run this later in the show as an Ask Adam. Because I want you to explain to me what the joke is. There's a little inside joke that goes on that it just seemed like a little bit of, you know, kind of a, just as nasty as supposedly Obama making fun of uh, the word marvelous, which I didn't know was a gay term. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, fine. Uh, you know, everything, you can have it. But the point is, listen to this and tell me what. What? What? Well, give me the punchline. Explain the joke to me. The Mormon students at BYU who are LGBT have made an "It Gets Better" video. That's sort of interesting. If you want to take a look at that, go to yeah. the itgetsbetter.org website. The, they're al- the well, they're allowing BYU students, students to be out at BYU as long as they are not practicing homosexuals. So we'll see how that goes. What if they're full-fledged and they're not practicing anymore? What do you mean full f- <laughs> Get it? <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So uh, even though I'm a, uh, a noted and out by curious male, I do not get the joke. I don't, I tried, I I don't did, understand I looked at the Urban Dictionary. I was very irked by this. I would look because I think I should be able to get a joke. Yeah. The I looked in the Urban Dictionary to find what there was. A, is it a pun? Is it some sort of a? Is it's obviously a reference to something? We have gay listeners. I want one of them to send me a, an email and explain, explain it to it. me if they even know. Now let me just say uh, there may be people who are tuning into this for the first time. Uh, we have no agenda. We don't give a crap what you're doing. You could be doing your your tomatoes. I don't care. Now, I actually ran. This DHSPeople.curry.com uh, by my, my uh, Austin gay squad. And they even went like, oh, my God. Who would want to work there? The gay guys don't want to work there. <laughs> like, these people look hideous. 
they do look they look like a people you wouldn't want to work with. Exactly. Like, but yeah, uh, no, Janet Napolitano's gay, and I think half the organization is. And we're, you know, and now they do that. And then, and I'm seeing now there's, I don't know. I it just, well, it's here's, slightly- here's what I feel, John. I feel that, and Hillary Clinton, uh, Lucifer Clippity Clop does a very good job at this. The, I believe the reason this is being brought to the forefront is because LGBT rights equals human rights. And then you can place that anywhere to cause a ruckus about any administration, dictatorship, or whatever. If you're being unfair to gays, lesbians, and transgenders, you are then violating human rights. And then very quickly, the discussion goes from LBGT rights to human rights. And then, of course, human rights is like, oh, we need to create a no-fly zone and, and, uh, and bomb everybody. That's why I think it's continuously... <laughs> well, it's, it happens I, no, over I and like, over again. I like to jump. Don't, but it happens. Remember, I, I interviewed that guy. You can find him on the Big Book Show, bigbookshow.com. Uh, the guy who wrote the book about the origin of human rights. And he says, this is bull crap. This only really started in 1992, and it's a NATO thing. And human rights are being used uh, to uh, continuously to say, those people over there are no good. They don't respect human rights. But where does it really come from? You know, did God give it to us? Or did Hillary Clinton give it to us? And that jump is being made all the time between gay and lesbian, transgendered rights and human rights. And then before you know it, the story is, oh, it's human rights. You know, the funny thing about that, I got the biggest kick out of Gingrich at the NRA. Uh, the NRA had their big co- uh, convention and everybody had to go speak to him. And, and the best, best speech was probably Gingrich's. But he had a little clip in Let's there. Let's just explain to, the NRA uh, for the National Rifle Association. This is a huge gun lobby that, that protects the Second Amendment in, in many ways. And they promote uh, people, uh, you know, it promotes gun ownership. And just the word NRA, I'm not a member by it. Are you a member of the NRA? No, no. no. I, I, I wouldn't be a member of any club. I don't, I don't want to be a member, member of any club either. I agree. Um, but just the mention of the NRA, it drives a lot of people, friends of mine, Oh, yeah. Drives them nuts. Yeah, which I find peculiar. Yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, guns. Guns, guns, guns. guns. So anyway, there's all these crazy initiatives to to make this a human right and that a human right and all these things. And so Gingrich comes up with this absolute gem. I hope none of them will take it personally when I say that I believe the NRA has been too timid. (laughs) And I want to explain what I mean. A Gingrich presidency will submit to the United Nations a treaty that extends the right to bear arms as a human right for every person on the planet because every person on the planet deserves the right to defend themselves from those who would oppress them, exploit them, rape them, or kill them. (laughs) It's my human right as a bi-curious male, damn it. I just thought that was that's a pretty stroke cool. of genius. That's pretty cool. Well, meanwhile, on this very same topic, of course, this is all coming up now because of the Trayvon Martin case, which I don't think we need to explain anymore. The entire world knows about this. I mean, please pay no attention to uh, American missiles killing people who are brown in, in places of sand because that doesn't count. Uh, Mayor Bloomberg came out and he has this whole initiative basically to get rid of all guns. And he did a press conference in New York. And uh, what you did not see is uh, the question answer session. And I have two clips from that. Uh, so here's one. Now, the question uh, was hard to uh, to record, but essentially they're saying, well, hold on a second. Uh, don't you have like bodyguards? 
uh, who have guns, and if someone uh, is trying to attack you, do they stand down, do they back off, or do they go there and blow their head off? Of course, he's not going to answer the question, but his answer was interesting. And this is in the Trayvon Martin case. That's for uh, the prosecutor and the justice system to uh, adjudicate and do whatever they think is appropriate. Uh, but I'm trying to protect people across this country. Uh, somebody this morning asked me, what standing do I have? I go to states with stand-your-ground laws. My, my daughters go to states with stand-your-ground laws. Uh, this is part of America. And uh, I think uh, it is uh, these kind of laws uh, lead to vigilantism are just not appropriate. It is also true that in all our states, one of the most effective groups of anti-crime policing are the undercover cops. Now, stand-your-ground laws typically do not give you the right, if you feel threatened by a police officer, to shoot. But undercover officers throughout this country are starting to say, wait a second, they're not going to know that I'm an undercover cop. And they want to go home to their families every night. We really are all in this together. And the fact that uh, I hope justice is served in Florida, I don't know what justice is. That's up to the court system. But the laws are not the kind of laws that a civilized society should have. And the NRA should be ashamed of themselves. This has nothing to do with gun owners' rights. It's nothing to do with the Second Amendment. Plain and simple. This is just trying to get people a license to murder. Yeah, it's a fact. A license to murder. <laughs> Vigilanteism. What was the motivation of this guy to murder that kid? I it's don't un- see it. Undercover cops need to be protected. And, uh, and here's, here's the best question. So now, I think everybody knows that the, blank, black, the new Black Panther Party, and this is all part of the let's uh, make Americans crazy and hate each other, thank you very much, so we can reelect the president. They put out a bounty on George Zimmerman's head. I mean, you saw this everywhere on the news, right? Yeah, might as well be, might, might as well be Rushdie in a fatwa from the Iranian government. Thank you. Very good. Well, apparently, Mayor Bloomberg, who even has a news channel... I had not heard about this. Um, there is obviously a bounty on Zimmerman, and it seems as though... I don't know that to be the case. Is that true? Yes. Uh, how do you know that? Well, uh, a member of the Black Panther Party is offering a $10,000 reward for uh, Zimmerman. So can you identify yourself, please? Michelle Fields, Daily Caller. Um, do you feel that maybe some individuals are uh, treating Zimmerman... Uh, anybody that puts a bounty on somebody else's life is acting totally inappropriately. And I'm sure it's I'm sure it's illegal. It must be illegal. Kind of an outrage to even ask the question. What do you think? Putting well, a bounty on somebody's life is just as bad as I don't see you outspoken. I didn't even know about it until you just told me. Thank you very much. I appreciate the information. And shut now up. I've said my piece, okay? It is an outrage and it's against the law. And shut up. So the, so the woman literally says, you know, now that there's a bounty at, he says, I don't know that. How do you know that? She says, well, because the, the, it's on all the news channels. Oh, I'm just hearing about this. Well, that's an outrage. You can't do that. That's illegal. I'm sure that's illegal. But why you dare even ask the question? Shut up, slave. Oh, my goodness. It's just if, <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. Flabbergasted I am. Again, uh, you know, we, uh, I was watching a thing on Murdoch, Murdoch last night on uh, Bloomberg, coincidentally. They had the story of uh, Mur- <laughs> Murdoch's rise to fame. And I'm thinking, our news network is better than his. 
I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll never make billions of dollars, but we, I mean, we do. Them. Well, that's we, because we're not, there's networks are designed to make money. They're not designed to inform anybody and they're not designed to really analyze anything. They're all entertainment. I mean, I was watching one the other day on Fox and some guys blasting away about something about, you know, some civil rights issues and some other thing. He's going on and on and on. And then they put up a subtitle because this was a weekend show. They couldn't get anybody. The guy's a portfolio manager. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he right. doesn't have anything to do with anything. Uh, I mean, anyone can have an opinion. I've been on these shows, you know. Yeah, well, case in point. Case in point. Once you started doing this show, they didn't ask you back very often, did they? I haven't been asked back since. No. Anyway, so uh, unlike uh, Rupert Murdoch, who uh, misuses his uh, his self-created power to uh, help his buddies and uh, further his political agenda and become extremely wealthy and, uh, of course, a crook at the same time, um, we don't have that model. And we are uh, destined for a, a life of uh, near poverty. Uh, I will say, though, that we've had uh, a lot of great people supporting the program over the past five years. And uh, this being our celebratory 400th episode, we have a number of uh, producers to thank who uh, came in and supported us with the 400 level donation, which is, of course, highly appreciated. Yeah, we had uh, it was very interesting. Let me thank a few of these producers uh, and the ones that are on the list of uh, of having supported the show 400 by giving us uh, some some donations a week or two ago. But uh, A.J. Reistad, Sir A.J., uh, from Caldwell, Idaho, came with 404. He wanted to come in on the 400 of the show to get an executive producership, but then get a 404. <laughs> so he kind of did it the other way. Everyone else did, you know, got one beforehand, and then I just thought that was kind of creative. He liked to request some karma for his wife, who's having uh, health problems. Also, Nate, his youngest human resource birthday call, we got him on the list. He's turned the magic number three yesterday. And thanks for all the awesome work you guys both do and making uh, the best podcast in the universe. You've got karma. Also on the list is uh, Blake Wisher, who uh, came with 400 uh, from East Windsor, Connecticut. Congratulations on show 400. Can I get some karma? The last shot of karma from over a year ago was worth it, and I could use another. You've got karma. Also, by the way, we don't have him on the list, but Scott Hankel, I wanted to thank him. He came in uh, like five minutes too late after the midnight shutdown for uh, the show 400 uh, with no comment. Also, Gerald Lenski, Memphis, Tennessee, 400. Those would be our executive producers, along with uh, Joseph Fayella, Brooklyn, David Back, Bucker, Bucker, Bucker. Uh, Robert Randall, William Jarima, uh, Bruce Salkovitz. Blake Wisher and Gerald Lenski. If anybody uh, gave us 400 before, whenever we actually run the database, uh, let us know. We'll put you on that list. That'll be as an executive producer of show 400, which is today. Uh, Also, we have two associate executive producers, uh, the SO single overhead cam slash four owners club (laughs) in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, 21212. Been listening since the beginning of the year. And this donation is in honor of your 400th show and an appreciation for the entertainment information. Gas prices are killing me. So if you can spare a little job, Karma, maybe I can cut my 130-mile round-trip commute down a bit. Yeah, no wonder he's listening to the show. Yeah. He needs a third show a week just for his commute. Of course, man, here it is. You've got karma. 130-mile 100, round, that, that's 65 miles 
each way. That is uh, one half of one show, and then uh, then he gets the other. He he only gets two days worth of shows from us yeah, with this ridiculous commute. Yeah, well, and a lot of people are doing that. that's why. If anything, we 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 hope to be in a growth a growth market, uh, seeing as more and more people have to work farther and farther away and are commuting more and more. I can't get people to listen here in Austin, you know, because they don't they don't, they have no commute. Yeah, it's pretty much of a commuter show. Yeah. yeah. And if you're uh, in a submarine, <laughs> which is kind of a commute. <laughs> hey, what are you listening to down there? Hey. Hey. James Burke, Richmond, North Yorkshire, $200 in the morning, early evening, UK. Finally got around to being a donor, not a boner anymore after months of being a producer and sending links, etc., to Adam. But finally starting the path to becoming a knight, starting the path. Would appreciate a karma de-douching with a Gitmo East UK National Anthem slide whistle duet. Now that you both have that fine instrument. Does this mean we get to jam together? Okay, here's what we'll do. You give him a de-douching. Yeah. Gitmo East UK National. What is that? Oh, okay. Okay, you play that. You play the main tune and I'll play play, uh, rhythm. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got okay, it's enough. <laughs> That's a lot for an associate exec. That sucks. Yeah, we need practice. Okay, so uh, that's that. Anyway, those are our executive producers, producers, and uh, friends of show 400, 400 club members. I want to thank them and uh, everybody else we'll get to in the second half of the show. Uh, Make sure to go to noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com. You can click on the donation buttons on both those sites. Dvorak.org slash NA and channeldvorak.com slash NA if you can't get to Dvorak.org. And uh, you'll have the main donation page. Dvorak.org. Slash I have a big PR thank you to go out, and uh, I'm just going to say he's a producer, Glenn, because uh, he does this professionally. I, I want to make don't want to get him in any trouble. Um, he says I built a few thousand backlinks to your main site so that SeanHannity.com wouldn't come up number one when searches for No Agenda or No Agenda Show are done on Google. Uh, looks like my work helped. Go ahead, John. Type in No Agenda on Google. Look what happened. Look what this guy okay, has done for on, us. This guy. Yeah, you know, I actually saw this. Uh, you saw I the change? A few days ago. When but look at it. Look at it. We own the entire, for the words, no agenda. We own freaking Google, dude. No, dude. We, we always have until the Sean Hannity thing showed up. Yeah, but there, but We've always owned the first four pages. Are you sure? I, I think there was oh, yeah. always oh, no, something I've in there. Che- I've been checking this constantly. I noticed that the disappearance of Sean Hannity about a week ago. Yeah. So, And I think if this guy did all that, he probably had something to do with it. I know who, we, we I know who he is. The, no, we have had the first four pages. I tell people, just go to Google us, and you'll find all kinds of stuff. Well, now it's uh, noagendashow.com, noagenda.mevio.com. It's exactly what it should be. The Wikipedia page, No Agenda News Network. I mean, all our important sites are now on the the homepage of Google. And, Glenn, I thank you so much. I mean, look, even No Agenda Nation is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is is a valuable PR move that he has done here. Yeah, no, we need to have these first pages. Yeah, this is very, very valuable. And iTunes is right there, too, and we got everything. 
It's better than it was. Let's put it that way. But it, we've always had the first page and, and the second page. We should, some there was some discrepancy in the third page, but we've had four pages, and now we have. Let's see. I'm going to page two. That's us. The whole page two is us, yeah. including the no agenda in the Twitter account. Read no agenda. It's, I'm on page three. We're no agenda records. No agenda films. No agenda homeschool. I didn't even know we had that. That's Where do you think I got my education? <laughs> okay, so that's page three. We no own page three. Homeschool. Page four, no agenda shots. Nice. The Zazzle store, no agenda stream. <laughs> great. Foots, no agenda foots. <laughs> we rule. Uh, episode 381, the famous episode 381. Oh, the pipeline think, episode. Oh, good. It's one of your great, great uh, discoveries. That episode is one of the best. Uh, okay, we own page four completely. Let's go to page five. No agenda travel. No agenda travel. Uh, producer page. Bingo. No agenda bingo. <laughs> art generator. The art generator. Demographics. The SHU box. No agenda. It's like a... Okay, we own page five. This is a record. Yeah, the, I'm telling you. Let's go, go to page Glenn, six. Glenn did us a solid, man. No agenda tour. This is your tour. The no agenda report petition. A no agenda moment. That's a great question. No agenda toolbar. The stream schedule. The card game. The wiki. Yeah. Oh. oh, this is great. Okay, we own page six. We own Google, bitches. <laughs> okay, now we got, I'm on page seven. LinkedIn, Greth, okay, glennbeck.shopmusic. That we ended. Glenn Beck wormed his way in with his no agenda t-shirt. So we do not own page seven. So we got six solid pages. That's pretty good. Someone is yelling at me that the stream is uh, down. The stream is flaking out? I don't know. I'm, I'm streaming. I don't know. Anyway, so we got uh, six solid pages, and then we got pieces of page seven. Let me just try Let me just try something here and make sure it's all working. Yeah, I'm streaming. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, um, uh, Glenn, if you, uh, if you want us to credit you properly with your company name, uh, let me know, and I'll gladly do that on... Uh, an upcoming episode uh, because this is a very valuable service. Go ahead and 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 ask any uh, ask any Fortune 500 company. And of course, we. Do, oh yeah, we, nobody's going to own six pages. Not only that, but you know what would and it curiously, cost? This is, by the way, and most of these initiatives on these six pages are show related, but they're not from us. No, none the, of them. The only one own, we've created our own little universe that cropped up. Because we don't have any agenda, a we don't have any. Uh, uh, we we've open sourced the whole show, and we encourage people out there. I want to mention. I don't want to belabor this, but uh, we encourage people to post our show on their blog. Yeah, do anything you want. Seriously, anything. Take the information, propagate the formula, whatever you want to do. Get it out there, and most importantly, continue to support us. As John mentioned earlier, we highly appreciate our. F- Episode 400, so, uh, executive producers, uh, even our 404 for today, <laughs> um, and our associate executive producers, and everyone. The, the smaller donations, we'll talk about that more later in the second half of the show. Uh, smaller donations of $5 a month, $33 a month, all of this counts. It's all extremely important. And if you're living the American dream of just getting by and you're completely broke, you can always do one thing, which is go out and propagate the formula. It works like this. Our formula is this. We go out. We hit people in the mouth. Come on, you know, baby. Shut up, slave.
kids are here this weekend, which is really nice. Kids? And, yeah, Christina and Juan. Juan? What happened to Dexter? No, Dexter. That, that's so five years ago. Hello. No, Juan is her, uh, her, her boyfriend from Corpus. He lives in L.A. Oh. Yeah, they listen to the show now. Oh, that's good. It's very good. Are you kidding me? I didn't think you'd ever get her to listen to the show. Well, I think Juan listens to the show, and then she's kind of like, oh, I love you. All right, I'll do whatever. I'll listen to that crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dad. Nah, now she, well, it must be weird listening to your, to your dad. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, I know Jay doesn't listen to the show. And I can barely get you know Mimi to listen. I mean, JC will because he's like you know one of he's producing he's the yeah. back producing the <laughs> no no stuff. wait we're paying him to listen to the show. Yeah, what are you talking about? Listen, so he listens. <laughs> Maybe if I give my kids some money, she'll be like, oh, I'd love to listen to your show. That's great. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> he was like posting pictures on uh, on uh, what is it? What is that thing that uh, Facebook just bought? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, like, Who was I'm, uh, Juan? He's like, I'm at Camp Mofo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really <laughs> camp also. yeah by the way just as an aside uh yeah i loved grilling the kids about this crap right so what do you think of that you know uh facebook bought instagram like ah sucks because now it's gonna get now it's no longer exclusive which is interesting you know, they, they don't want to be a part of something that's big anymore they all want it to be a small little exclusive club and then when it gets bought out they don't want to be a part of it anymore i think a lot of people are suspicious of facebook yeah. <laughs> really? You yeah. don't you don't say. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's something I've come to the conclusion. <laughs> you know, we got a um we got that great song uh the fact of the matter song that one of our producers made for episode number 400. Uh I don't even know if I have it here. I you pl- played it last show. Well, I didn't play it on the show. <clears throat> I played it on... Uh, it's too long to play on the no, show. I, I don't want to play the whole thing. I just want to play, like, the intro. And the reason why I need to play the intro is because... Let me just see if I have it. If I don't have it, I won't play it. Uh, well, maybe I... Yeah, here it is. Hey, come on. The guy played some banjo for us. Might as well just... Well, banjo's good. He should have just played banjo. Yeah, well, you don't like it because it consists of you saying fact of the matter the whole time. Well, it's you said it a lot more than I ever matter. noticed. It's the fact of the matter. It's the fact of the matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's the fact of the matter. It's the fact of the matter. It's the fact of the matter. Oh, oh, oh. All right. So uh, I'll put that. In. It's in uh, the show notes for episode three, nine or nine. And uh, lo and behold, a great Obama fact of the matter clip popped up. You might have seen this one um, where this local news guy. Is uh, interviewing the president on one of these junkets, and he says, "Hey, uh, you know, people don't like that you're flying around on in your jet taking vacations." <laughs> Did you see this? No, I missed <laughs> this, this one. Good, yeah. The economy is a big issue and concern for folks. I mean, the unemployment, trying to make ends meet, gas prices, food prices. Some of our viewers are complaining. They, they just don't, you know, they get frustrated, even angered, when they see the first family jetting around, different vacations, and so forth. Sometimes maybe they think under color of state business and that you're out of touch that you don't really know what they're experiencing right well, now well, I don't I don't I don't know uh, uh, how many viewers you're you're talking about that say that we do hear from some well, I, I, yeah I, well, I, I hear from all kinds of viewers about uh, about everything <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, 
the, the fact of the matter is, I think if you look at my track record, uh, I'm raising a family here. Uh, when we travel, we got to travel through Secret Service and Air Force One. That's not uh, that's not my choice. Uh, I think most folks understand uh, how hard I work and, and how hard this administration is working on behalf of the American people. <laughs> yeah, he works real hard. Yeah, he's working hard, and, and it's not his choice to take two 747s because his wife wants to leave ten minutes early to go to Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, that's uh, just uh, it's, it's forced. But when you say fact of the matter, it's like just shut up. Yeah, fact of the, the matter. Fact of the is, matter. Yeah. It's a fact. I haven't said fact. it for for no, of course know, not. Of course not. This is not against you. I mean, come on. We yeah, all say you hate me. I love you, John. Come on, man. The thing I I worry about most is you dying. Are you kidding me? You're like the most loved person in my life, next to Ms. Mickey <laughs> and my daughter. <laughs> and then a whole lot of nothing. Get shot by a stray bullet there in uh, Austin. Anything happened to me, dude? We're safe here. You know, stray be, bullet. And there's not, there's not no, like anyone's going to be aiming at you. There's no bullets flying stray. Come on, everyone knows what to do around here. They shoot them in the air straight up. They, they come down they high speed. They don't shoot them in the and air. They drill into the head at the top they, of the They door. don't shoot them. They're not they're like a bunch of yahoos out <laughs> here shoot, yeah. just shooting around in I'm the air. Wait till the 4th of July. You tell <laughs> me they're not shooting their guns in the air. No, that doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> 4th of July, please. Got a lot of response to people who watched uh, God Bless America, the new Bobcat Goldthwait movie. Yeah, I've movie. got a copy I've got to uh, watch. You should. It's, uh, I, I realized as I was watching it with the kids, actually, um, it, it, Bobcat tried to recreate Network. Um, uh, the, the fantastic. Who was, in, uh, who was the, the guy that played Howard Beale in Network? Yeah. No, his name was not. Yeah, he had a name. Yeah, that's him. He had a yeah. name. Yeah, that guy. Um, the whole style of the movie is very much. Um, let's see, it was Faye, uh, William Holden, Peter Finch. Yes, Faye Dunaway. She she's she played the guy, Faye Dunaway. Um, the whole style of the movie is very networkish, and it's uh, although it's you know, it's not fantastically. The acting is kind of poor here and there. But the whole idea of that movie, uh, it, yeah, it does. It's good. I liked it. It's a very no agenda type movie. Bad acting, <laughs> bad acting with an interesting message. That's us, baby. That is us. Bad acting with an interesting message. <laughs> that's that's us. That's, there's the summary. <laughs> there it is. No agenda. Bad acting with an interesting message. So uh, I got a uh, uh, an interesting uh, bit. D- try the Diddy. third party. Since we're on a, on these sorts of roll, tr- play the third party clip. They are both still in the race, both in the right. running. What if they decide to run third party? That as well. Uh, what uh, kind of fight are we looking at then in the general election? Well, I think it's a great question. Oh, it's not a great question. I'm telling you, something I happened think it's like with Rick, Rick rolling you. Something happened with Santorum. Something happened because you think somebody went. You think they pulled a uh, Ross Perot? Yes, on. I think they threatened him. They, I mean, I don't understand. Uh, you know, the, he, the easy, the the most logical reason for him to get out would have been to say, "Look, my kid's not doing well. I need to focus my attention on the kid. I'm out." He he doesn't say that. He just says, "Oh, well, you know, we we didn't I'm done. We, we didn't do it this time around." And I saw Rince Priebus. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to capture it this morning on Candy Crowley's State of the Union. And Rince Priebus is the, uh, he's the head of the Repu- Republican Party, uh, whatever, the RNC. And, and he says, you know, our candidate, our nominee, 
And then Candy Crowley, I have to say, eventually, she says, well, you know, it's not quite over yet. He's not officially your nominee. And this douchebag says, well, out of respect for Ron Paul and Newt Gingrich, you know, we're, we're not really like, you know, we're not putting him on the letterhead yet, but he's the guy. And, wow. I mean, that's, that's just despicable. You can't have a race and then say, well, it's not over, but that guy seems to be winning, so he won. No, I, this Rance Priebus guy is a creep. <laughs> well, the whole, I mean, if, the whole Republican Party is creepy. Who, who has a name like this? I mean, doesn't that say, it says something weird when I hear it? You know, meanwhile, the thing that got me was I think they were fearful. And they, they might have, you might be right about this because I'm suspicious. Because Santorum was making a huge stink about doing Pennsylvania, his home state. Which he possibly, I mean, he also was ousted from Pennsylvania as a senator, but he could have possibly won it, and that would have screwed things up big time, because that's a big number. I'm telling you, they... they and that was on the 24th, and he made a big, he talked about this a yeah, lot. that, that was going to be Pennsylvania. His... After Pennsylvania, I'll decide. After Pennsylvania, I'll decide. After Pennsylvania, I'll decide. Boom, he quits before Pennsylvania. Now, you know, and no one's, no one's saying, why did you quit? He was doing okay. I, I I find it highly suspicious that no one is asking that question because it is by definition at this point a great question. Why did you quit? He just said, uh, uh, well, he didn't even say, I have no chance. Have you heard him say that? No. No. Uh, meanwhile, I think Ron Paul is actually, it's, it's been good for him. I see reports that uh, the uh, a lot of the evangelicals are now lining up support behind him because, of course, they will never support Gingrich because he's a complete a-hole. Um, and I don't think they like the Mormon aspect of Romney. No, I agree with that. Do you think it's possible that Santorum's kid getting hospitalized really was something that was actually overtly done to her? Oh, God, I hope not. I mean, I know they're evil, but, I mean, you know, break Santorum's I mean, it's just a No, it's, it's very possible. So, you know, they maybe threatened him earlier. Said, look, you're going to do this. You got to get out. We don't want you in the race at this point. Well, we that, have other plans in that, for you. In that case, um... I'll give him some props because, you know, if, if they threatened his life, he should say, screw you guys. You can threaten me all you want. They threatened his kid's life. Yeah, I can understand. He would say, whoops, OK, I'm done. That's that's it. Um. Anyway, the good news, of course, you know, Doug Weed, the guy we've been following, he has <laughs> Doug Weed. Yeah, that's his name, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It yeah. just kills me. <laughs> Hey, Doug well, Weed. hopefully he won't, but, you know, it's just... Doug Weed with you, everybody. Now, he's... Uh, hey, Doug Weed. Hey, it's Doug Weed here. Uh, he is uh, part of the, um, the the Ron Paul group, and he has very deep ties to a lot of big Christian money. So we could see all kinds... And I see, like, C-SPAN videos of Ron Paul with, like, 7,000 college students freaking out, loving him. Oh, they did a... Uh, uh, Gallup did a major poll... On this, and you know, Ron Paul kept you know amongst conservatives, the most conservative of uh, Republicans, Ron Paul came in dead last with like eight percent approval rating. And I'm thinking he's the most con- he's the only true conservative that I can see on this amongst this crowd. But okay, yeah, I guess conservatives like big government. Forget conservative; and- he's the only guy who's telling some version of truth. And then, but then when they when they pulled up the kids, the uh, twenty. I get 18 through 27s. Paul was right in the same. He was right. Him and, and Romney were the same. They were right at the top. Well. <sighs> That's okay. He's uh, 
I, they can't threaten him. No, he'd go he's, public with it. Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. You say, hey, people threaten to kill me. Yeah, and, and let uh, me ju- and let me just that's say, actually, kind of what Ross Perot did. He kind of went public with it, but he never explained it in detail. No, I, I will say though that just quick throwback to the gun issue. The only reason why we do not have riots in the streets in the United States of America in Gitmo Nation is because they're afraid to incite them in the way that is happening in Greece and in Spain and in Portugal because we have the guns. And that's a very, that's a dangerous situation. And that's exactly, in my mind, what they were intended for is to protect against a tyrannical government. Your uh, thoughts on this as a constitutional lawyer, John C. Well, you know, one of the things I think that I think a good example of how important it is, is that when we went into Iraq, the Iraqis had guns. Iraq, Iraqis, Iraqis, the Iraqis were armed to the teeth. Mm -hmm. Every every household had a gun. We didn't go in there with all the welcome arms. They started shooting at us. And now we're, you know, it was like an embarrassed 10 years of embarrassment. To even get out, we're still kind of there. And the same with the Afghanis. They're, they're armed. armed. On, that, uh, on that note, so the, remember the thing that uh, Bill Clinton said when he was you know, the, uh, trying to figure out, you know, that we have the Supreme Court in America now trying to figure out if uh, mandating insurance for every man, woman, and child of any age on this, uh, on this continent uh, by government mandate, if it's constitutional or not. And Clinton started this whole wacky thing by saying, well, I can remember when George Washington made everybody get a gun. And this is now being used over, I, I Googled this, because I saw it was an article in uh, the New Republic. And I'm like, oh, New, New Republic is using this. Who else is using this? And it's everywhere. This is their meme that they're trying to use. But let me just show you what a fail this is. So the, so the equation is trying to be made between a mandate for every man, woman, and child in the United States of Gitmo Nation to have insurance or be penalized and a law which re- required any able-bodied man between ages 18 and 40 to have a musket and some bullets. I mean, it's a fail right there. They're not, that was not a mandate for women. It was not a mandate for anyone under 18 or over 40. I mean, does then, do they not see the, the, the stupidity of this? Apparently not. Well, it's everywhere. Well, that's a total fail. So if someone, uh, this would be good for your cocktail party banter. If someone says, well, you know, George Washington uh, mandated everyone. So no, he mandated uh, men over uh, 17, 18 years of age, yeah, under it's like 40. mandating people go, you know, like the, the draft, you know, it's like kind well, of in a fact, in, in fact, what's interesting, because I looked, I followed the whole track of the, um, it is the Militia Act of 1792. Uh, six years later in 1798, uh, Congress um, created, uh, uh, added on to the Militia Act. This eventually became the National Guard is what happened, which became of this uh, Militia Act. And, of course, the National Guard then got turned into an arm of the, well, going the National Guard. I mean, you could find, wind up in uh, Iraq or Iran. You're getting shot at. So it's basically just an arm of the military. We're screwed up. 
By the way, they also that 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 argument is specious because uh, mandating that you buy an insurance. Oh, that's another thing. It's like they, they mandated the people who had the shipping companies to get insurance for their employees. Well, sure, I, that's okay. That's like a, a labor thing. I'm into that. Yeah, you have to have insurance if you drive a car. Yeah, but not to not to live, not to breathe, not to exist. And I'm okay with everyone having insurance if medical health care were affordable, which is not because of insurance. Because yeah, of insurance. Whole show. Another whole show. Yeah. Ah, talking about that sort of thing, though, mm-hmm. I got a couple drug ads. Actually, okay. I got one. I got a new <laughs> drug ad, finally. I haven't, we've been not getting a lot of drug ads, but, you know, with all the death warnings at the end. Uh, and I thought we just did, you know, play this one. It's about rheumatoid arthritis. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, can you start the day the way you want? Can Arencia help? Could your I want become I can? Talk to your doctor. Orencia reduces many RA symptoms like pain, morning stiffness, and progression of joint damage. <laughs> it's helped new RA patients and those not helped enough by other treatments. Do not take Orencia with another biologic medicine for RA due to an increased risk of serious infection. Serious side effects can occur, including fatal infections. Cases of lymphoma and lung cancer have been reported. Tell your doctor if you are prone to or have any infection like an open sore or the flu or a history of COPD, a chronic lung disease. Orencia may worsen your COPD. Now, learn about a program committed to you and copay assistance that can reduce monthly Orencia out-of-pocket drug costs to $5. If you're not satisfied after six months, you get that money back. Call <laughs> If you're dead, you get the money back. So, uh, first of all, what kind of a drug could give you lung cancer? Hold on a second. What about the morning stiffness? Yeah, well, I think that's a benefit. So, uh, <laughs> give you lung cancer and all these other things. It just sounds terrible. And then yeah. I've noticed in all the new commercials, which they're recycling all of them, yeah. they have these deals at the end. You know, you can do this special deal and, you know, you only get to pay five bucks. That's because they're they're nicking the insurance companies again. Jack, so just jacking up. The, who knows what this stuff really costs or what they're charging. It could be $1,000 a month. So what? You only pay five. Yeah. Yippee. This whole thing is bad. I, I'm reminded, though, of this type of commercial compared to the olden days. Mm-hmm. I do have an olden days clip. Uh, I have a Campbell's Soup commercial. <laughs> From 1939, that was used on the Orson Welles Campbell Theater show, which he did after he did the Mercury Theater. Uh, it came up in my collection of old-time radio stuff. And I, I th- this is the kind of thing we were never going to hear anything like this again with the phony voice, the guy who's got the, you know, the voice. Like, like the way I do my auditions, you mean? You should do them in this guy's voice. Mr. Chapel, thank you, Orson Welles. If I were to ask each one of you to name aloud right now your favorite soup, and if I could hear your replies, I'm almost certain the soup that would top them all would be Campbell's tomato soup. <laughs> the reason, of course, is the magic, matchless flavor of tomato soup as Campbell's make it, a flavor that speaks to every appetite. Watch a hungry man enjoy to the last drop the racy flavor of this smooth blend of luscious tomatoes, <laughs> delicate seasonings, and fine table butter. Set a fragrant plateful of Campbell's tomato soup before a tired appetite and see its lively tang take hold of that appetite from the very first sip. And the way a child and a spoon and a bright glowing bowl of Campbell's tomato soup make friends is a delight to mothers. 
Indeed, because everybody from the youngest to the oldest in the family enjoys this soup so much, I'm tempted to call tomato, of all soups, the soup of the seven ages. It's always a happy choice for the main dish at lunch or supper, a welcome beginning for the day's main meal. That's why Campbell's tomato soup is the steady favorite with most fat. <laughs> I can do this. Hey, look at that homeless man right over there. Watch this hungry homeless man. Enjoy no, a know, lovely... Uh, huh? No. Yeah. You got you. I'm telling you, you could do this voice, but yeah. that's not it. I'm not going to do this it. This is a voice. This is a dead voice. This isn't probably the guy's dead, but this is a voice that has been lost to history. Yeah. I mean, the, the racy flavor. It's a it's a style of speaking that doesn't exist. I never I don't know anyone that could do this voice right now. But I think you could, if you listen to it enough, I think you could get it. Well, I think and I, you'd get it work. I, I have legislation to read, John. I have no time for practicing dead guy voices. How about this? Two Merck drugs. Now, this is this is a weird story. Two Merck drugs for treating male baldness and enlarged prostate now have to carry extended labels about possible side effects. Now, the reason you take a drug for treating male baldness is to get laid, right? I would think. So the side effects of Propecia and Proscar are sexual side effects Libido, libido disorders, ejaculation disorders, orgasm <laughs> disorders, and now they're. Gonna, I, I can't. I can't wait to hear that television ad. Taking Propecia may uh, may have um, oh, unde- yeah, undesired that. That's undesired right. orgasm disorders. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So you're taking the drug to get laid, and then you can't perform. <laughs> Which of course will make That's you take the irony of the drug, yeah, and then you of course got to take Viagra or so. I don't know, man. It's crazy. And I got this great note from uh, Jimbo, uh, Jim O'Nobo about our spinners. You know, we've been following uh, the new DSM-5 and the autistic spectrum disorder and all of the bullcrap that's being created to shoot into your children for something they may not have. Uh, being a 150-plus show of a vet of Grateful Dead shows, spinners made up at least 30% of the crowd. Now, a spinner... I told you. What did I say? That's why I'm reading the note to you. So one of the uh, telltale signs that your kid has autism is on the spectrum as if they're spinning. So apparently at the dead shows, spinners make up at least 30% of the crowd. They usually congregate congregated behind the tapers section, which is behind the soundboard or in the rafters or hallways. More room to spin there. And, and generally they <laughs> consisted of hippie chicks with long hair and skirts. I often wish to have such a thing for my living room, especially the ones with the oversized hula hoops slowly revolving around their hips. Unfortunately, about 10% of these uh, spinners were dudes with long hair and skirts, which wasn't apparent until the beard comes into view. This country would be better off with kids that took drugs to make them spin than kids taking drugs to make them stop spinning. Hell yes. Let your kids spin, I say. Spinners. Spinners. <laughs> Last yeah, night. They were, the rafters were where you see most of them. You'd be at some, some event. And there'd be a band playing, and you'd look up in the balcony, and there'd be all these spinners. <laughs> <laughs> and how about, I am actually weaseling my way on the inside. Last night we went to a party Uh-oh. here in Austin. And I find out that the guy, is, and uh, his wife is lovely. The guy who hosts the party uh, is actually um, making a, he's a pharmaceutical guy. So I'm, and he's on that ASD trip. So I'm making friends so I can learn. So I can learn about what's going on. So we'll have stuff on from the inside. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. 
The people who introduced me to him, not so, because they listen to my show. They're like, oh, we made a bad introduction. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, man, I fight, I, I fight evil. I don't have to fight it that way. So this was interesting. Um, this is a piece of audio from the American Society of International Law, uh, which by itself is disturbing. Because uh, international law is something we probably don't want. Uh, Speaking at the lectern is Kamari Maxine Clark. And she is uh, promoting the goodness that uh, President Obama did by sending in troops to go find the uh, Lord's Resistance Army and get Coney. And just listen to how she briefly mentions this in uh, about uh, 20 seconds into this 40-second clip about the Coney 2012 video. Just going to say a few words about Coney 2012 by way to think about the Ugandan uh, case. So as we know, Coney 2012, it's a film that was inspired by the work of an NGO, Invisible Children, um, that was set up eight years ago to address violence in Sudan and Uganda. And with a million dollars from J.P. Morgan Chase, they created a 30-minute film. Hello? Hello? That's pretty good. I didn't, find, didn't see that in their Form 990. I didn't see that. I'd never heard of that. They That's got a, a million good, good dollars from J.P. Morgan Chase? Huh. Uh, whoa. That and, and she just keeps on going like uh, blah, for blah, blah, their blah, media blah, blah, campaign. And so if I was in that audience, it'd be like, wait, 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 back it up again. Because was the, was the million dollars just for the media campaign? Let's hear what again. it sounds like. JP Morgan. Well, let me back it up a little more. And in Uganda, and with a million dollars from JP Morgan Chase, they created a 30 minute film uh, for their media campaign. Now, it's it, the, 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 the way I understand okay. it, a million dollars okay. for the film, which was a part of their media campaign. So, okay. so the banks, right. so of course, but these are the same guys who are going to benefit from us going into Africa. Apparently. Whew. Not doing it for the, out of the goodness of their heart. Which brings me to Liberia. Ah. Yes. Now you have to let you, now you need a little, a little uh, teaser from the uh, <laughs> famous song. I met a woman from Liberia. I don't know that song. Oh. Who did that song? Uh, what's his name? The, uh, oh, uh, the guy who did, uh, Jack, uh, uh Jack, and uh, Bobby Darren. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, it's a little before my time. It's, they're not quite green day, but okay. Go on, go All on. Right. So I told everyone, <laughs> pay attention to Liberia because something is going on. So I get all kinds of emails. Uh, first email. The long-standing, highly regarded Radio Four Today show, which is you know in the in the United Kingdom, there's basically, and I lived there for five years. People still listen to the wireless. Okay, they still listen to the radio a lot. It's a it's a cultural thing. It's not letting like uh, America. Um, PBS will be the thing that comes closest to it, where you know you may people may listen to Fresh Air or, or NPR. Yeah, I mean, did I, what did I say? PBS. Oh no, P- NPR. Um, so you have Radio One, which is Chris Moyles, and that's you know that's your uh, mind-numbing uh, bullcrap top forty radio. In the morning, right? Then you have uh, your Radio Two, which is kind of the uh, dopey 
you know, uh, for you know, hey, you got to you got to clip that part of you making that mumbling sound <laughs> at the beginning of the, the show. Of the it show? was actually quite funny. Okay, I'll do that. Were they in the morning or just the, oh, the, the, no the, the mumbling? Just okay. no, they forget the in the morning. Just uh, oh, that. I will. I will. Yeah. Then you have like the you know the VH1 version of that on Radio Two, but Radio Four, this is you know where they they go through the morning papers and it is the news show that people listen to to get informed. They think and get Monation East. All of a sudden, the uh, John Humphreys is broadcasting live from Liberia. Huh. I'm like, what? And I even have a here's an article from I think the Daily Mail. Why is John Humphreys in Liberia? Listeners baffled by veteran today host jaunt to Africa. And then I I caught another CNN uh, promo about this. Uh, apparently, one of their reporters uh, grew up in Liberia. And uh, let's listen to uh, this report. I clipped this down as much as I could, uh, but it, it becomes very apparent what it's all about. All right, the deep scars of war are starting to heal in Liberia. The tiny West African nation is still one of the poorest countries in the world, but there's a new spirit of hope. Our Brenda Bush is from Liberia, and she went back to visit and report on the country making a comeback. I turned a corner in Monrovia and came up on these kids dancing in the streets. And it struck me. Almost 10 years ago, children this age were killing and dying in these same streets. I will never forget the horrific images of Liberia's child soldiers, armed, drugged, and deadly. A little sound effect added in there. Armed, drugged, and deadly. So, okay, so now I'm like, all right, I get it. This is Liberia, where, of course, uh, the United States had a huge uh, influence in uh, stopping the the war, or at least that's the way it appears, uh, and, it, and it boils right back to child soldiers. So what I'm thinking here for a second is, wait a minute, maybe this is to show how good it is when we interfere in an African nation and then the child soldiers are no longer exist and they're not drugged and they're not armed and they're not dangerous. So let's listen a little more. It was, and, and all of those things that people recall in terms of the child soldiers, etc. Child soldiers. It didn't go away overnight, or did it, when Charles Taylor, as the president, was removed. And James oh, Sir- there's another clue. So, you know, if we go in and we remove the president and then we change everything, then all is good. No more child soldiers. Then came in. Is that when we started to see this evolution of change that people were feeling more hopeful about a brighter, better Liberia? You know, it's taken a long time. The war is almost 10 years. And meanwhile, you're seeing now people surfing. They're showing surfing videos. Yeah. So the whole clip, you know, you can go to the show notes at 400.nashownotes.com to listen to it. And then I figure out what's going on. Five days ago, there was a big meeting. The defense minister of Liberia has agreed for AFRICOM to have its headquarters Ah, in Liberia. And, of course, AFRICOM is the American military central command for all of Africa whose headquarters is in Stuttgart, Germany, because no country in Africa wants to have Americans setting up a base. But Liberia has apparently folded, and now we have to blow them and make it all seem good. And that's exactly why Liberia was in the news. So AFRICOM 
will now become, and that, by the way, is on the west coast of Af- Africa, right above Cote d'Ivoire, where, of course, we have, uh, uh, we, we just uh, helped with the coup there. And uh, it's all set. AFRICOM has its base. It will be in Liberia. This took a while. I was noticing, I'm doing a little work on this here. Uh, this began, this whole... Uh, oh, like four years ago, I think. Uh, October 2010, actually. I mean, it began before that, because you can go back to 2007 and find references. But they sent the Michigan Guard and a huge delegation and ambassadors, all U.S. African Command, October 28, 2010. Liberian President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf said she's pleased about establishing a military partnership program with the U.S. state of Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't you love it? That was kind of the first thing. And then it it just, I guess it just grew from there to get AFRICOM in there. AFRICOM started a five-year mentoring and advising mission with the armed forces of Liberia. In other words, this was a long-term project. They did it. It wasn't like they came in there with guns blazing. But it also shows you how the mainstream media is so tied into the military industrial complex that even the BBC, of course, MI6 completely controls that, I guess. They're like, oh, oh, we've, hey, guys, the memo is out. We've got to make it all look good. And, and let's put some surfing videos up and Liberia's. <laughs> surfing. I swear to God, this, here, listen, to, listen to a little bit more of this report. It's, it, it's nuts. We'll have 10 years of peace almost, not even two, uh, next year will be 10 years. So it's taken 10 years to reach this point. Mm-hmm. And there's still so much more to do in Liberia. I think that the because the spirit of the people, the, the, the desire to improve and the belief that, that better days are ahead of us, mm-hmm. that's finally come. And I think that that's what I was seeing on this trip. Because I've been back many, many times. And I didn't feel this prior to this. Something happened on this journey. You know, it was as if when I turned that corner and came up on those children, it was like I turned, I realized my country had turned a corner uh-huh. at that time. Because our children who were killers, children, Liberian children, mm-hmm. thousands of them were child soldiers. Thousands. They were the ones killing. They were in brutal ways. But, you know, they were taught to kill mm-hmm. and they were made to kill and they saw that. I mean, this whole thing is, it's so smartly done. It's like, Child killers, child soldiers, you know, and just everything about the children. But if you have AFRICOM come in, well, then look what can happen. It's on the rise. I can't believe we can surf now in Liberia. <laughs> the surfing, it just kills me. And by the way, it's, it's a white dude surfing, okay? It, it's probably Hawaiian footage that just shoved in there. And it's just like, oh, we can surf and there's great markets and they've got little quotes and everyone's happy and they're dancing to hip hop and, and they're no longer armed, drugged and dangerous. And it's, uh, you know, and obviously it's, to, you know, we kick out some more Chiners. They, they, they there's all kinds of groovy stuff going on in Liberia. It's all very, very handy. And the Congo, which is where uh, we need to get rid of Kony. I was reading this report from the Southern Times. The Democratic Republic of Congo, you know, above Uganda, represents the big prize in Africa. Estimated mapped mineral endowment worth $24 trillion. $24 trillion. Cassiterite, wolframite, coltan, tantalum, niobium. All the good stuff that we need nowadays for these stuff so you can use your iPad. iPad. Is that really all that it's good? It must be good for more than just iPads. Seriously. Well, it, no, it's good for all kinds of electronic stuff that we need so we can build missiles and 
and have d- cool displays and modernize. It's a modern, these are necessary. These is it, are rare is, earth elements. But is it really just for electronics or is it for other groovy things? I don't know that it's for anything else. Huh. It's just for electronics. Well, electronics is big. It's the biggest thing going on. So, oh, wow. That's interesting. I don't know that it's good for anything. What else would it be good for? I don't know. I'm asking you. I don't think so. You can't make rings out of it. Well, you can make rings out of the gold. There's gold there, too, obviously. The gold, we know what gold's good for. We know what silver Silver's useful. But, no, these crazy elements are all for electronics. I'm going to email you. I'm going to forward you an email right now. You have to look at this. This just came in. This is from uh, MSNBC Photo Blog. Oh, my God. This is great. This is uh, Hillary Clinton in Cartagena in a nightclub dancing with a whole bunch of hot chicks around her. Oh, oh this is. is great. Oh, my, and she, oh man, she's whooping it up. She's got her hand like, woo! You know how, you know how those crazy chicks do? Yeah, with woo! her arm in the air. Yeah, oh, yeah. Look at her. You got I'm it? I'm trying to get there. Hold on a second. I ended yeah, up. I'm going to post as it. As usual, closing I'm my. I'm going to post it into the chat room so they can enjoy this. They'll like it. And, and look, she's got like hot chicks all around her. Adam Curry, Hillary enjoys nightlife in Cartagena. <laughs> this is where all the hookers went, by the way, after the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, brother. <laughs> right? Hey, Hillary Clinton enjoys a relaxing moment at Cafe Havana. Yeah, Havana. Cartagena, Colombia on April. That's today. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not dark yet there today. This is to be from yesterday. She's just doing it. No, it's just lunchtime. Hey, girls. <laughs> yeah, lunchtime, it's a stripper bar. Hey, girls, let's go. <laughs> we are being so duped. Oh, man. What are all these beers they're drinking? I can't wait to get some, uh, uh, some audio from this Summit of the Americas. I want to hear them all bickering and moaning about the drug uh, decriminalization. Can't wait for that. Oh, yeah, that's going to be outstanding. Uh, oh, by the way, you probably won't hear that on the news, which is why we are the only program, as far as I can tell, that, well, not the only one. There's a couple out there. Um, meanwhile, no, no, I don't think any show would have come up with your analysis of the Secret Service creating a diversion. Uh, with his hooker story. Here's here's the only thing. I honestly that, don't believe any. They will now, but I don't think anybody has uh, has made that now. connection. Well, that, you know why? Because I love that. Why? Because all you got to do is, is when something comes out, like we'll talk about in a second, like the uh, United UN Security Resolution about Syria. Instead of just forwarding me the news, like like yeah, so, yeah, I I heard that they passed a resolution. Go to the UN website. Read the resolution. They do it in multiple languages. This is what no one does anymore. And the internet, you know, although great for porn, is, 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 all you have to do is just go search for the document and you've got it. By the way, the UN website is the biggest piece of crap in the universe. Oh, it's so horrible. But this is, you can go look at Agenda 21 there though. Yeah, well, yeah, but you, you still have but to search around for, for it. How big that document is, I couldn't, I couldn't, I began to download it, and it was I just it. like I gave up. No, I haven't. I, I read through it the other day just to remind myself to be sharp. But here's what was on the news, here's what was on the news in the United States of Gitmo Nation, a small compilation of the real news. In fact, let me, it's time for, we haven't played this in a while. And now, back to real news. 
It may be 100 years since the Titanic sank to the ocean floor, but the world is still captivated, captivated. by her fateful voyage. Now God Almighty. The story of the technological triumph that ended in tragedy still captivates, captivates. the public mind. Captivates. 100 years after the Titanic sank. It's been 100 years since the Titanic sank, but yet we're still fascinated, fascinated. by everything that happened that night. I'm Have you not. ever thought about why? Award-winning film made back in 1997, but Chad, it is now in 3D and people still can't get enough. Still cannot get enough. For the past century, has captivated, captivated historians and Hollywood. People still coming to see James Cameron's version. So the memo went out. Everyone's still captivated. And of course, uh, we open up this weekend with uh, uh, Titanic 3D. Yeah, what a coincidence. <laughs> no service uh, for you. Not this one. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. No service no for service. you. Oh, I forgot to mention on the Hookers and Blow story. It was so well-timed that uh, there's a book coming out on Monday um, by this, obviously, an inside guy. It's called uh, United States Secret Service Vision. Oh, no, I'm sorry. What is it? Uh, here. In the President's Secret Service, behind the scenes with agents in, line, in, in the line of fire and the presidents they protect by Ronald Kessler. This guy was all over the news. And he's the one that broke the story and his book comes out on Monday. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I forgot. That was the best part. I forgot to tell you about that. <laughs> so it was so set up. It's like, it, but it literally it says here, want it delivered by Tuesday, April 17th? I guess it comes you know, what's, up. Yeah. What's so funny about all this Titanic crap, because we're all so preoccupied, is that the two of the co-producers of the Titanic movie are Viacom, CBS. <laughs> yes. And Fox. Yeah. And, and those are the guys that are just pumping the crap out of it. Of course. Of course. This, this is so transparent. All you have to do is look up who produces stuff, and you trace it right to Viacom, which is CBS, and you, or you trace it to 20th Century, which is uh, you know the other operation, or Disney, which is ABC. I mean, you don't see a lot of this on, the, on that network. No, these, these, not, these were all local. No benefit. No, these were all local Fox stations, and they all got the same memo, and... The memo had in it the following keywords: one hundred years and captivated. And that's what they did. They all did a report: one hundred years captivated. I'm not captivated. Oh, you could have taken a cruise. I hope those cruise oh, ships that sink. Cruise was another thing. I hope they sink. What a crock! Sink. And they had. I saw it on one of our local stations, probably at the CBS station. And it was like they show these people on this boat in, in costume dancing around. I mean, who does this? Uh, anyway, I did, never mind. I'm, I'm <laughs> well. Very, it gets on your nerves. All right. Well, let me uh, annoy you some more then for a moment. So we have Syria, and uh, as I said, um, I went in. I read the uh, United Nations, read the Security Council resolutions. Of course, we run the Security Council now, and uh, Miss Rice there, Susan Rice. Oh man, she loves it. She's running the meeting now. You know, she's like she got a gavel and she's hammering and she's telling everybody what to do. So, of course, what you heard of the news is they're going to send in um, 30 observers, observers. John, they're just... uh, and they make a big point of saying unarmed. Yeah, but they're military observers. OK, uh, here it is. Uh, point seven. Uh, the, the council decides to authorize an advanced team, advanced team. Hello. Hello. Very important. You got to read the words, an advanced team. If they're, it's an advanced team, what are they in advance of? 
Oh, well, that shows up in a minute. 30 unarmed military observers to liaise with the parties and to begin to report on the implementation of a full cessation of armed violence in all of its forms by all parties, pending the deployment of the mission referred to in paragraph five and calls upon the Syrian government and all the parties to ensure the advance team is able to carry out blah, 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 blah. So, um... There's a paragraph eight calls the guarantee safety of the advance team. Paragraph nine to report on any obstructions. Paragraph 10 reiterates its authority. Uh, it's call for the authorities to allow immediate, full and unimpeded access of humanitarian personnel to all populations in need of assistance in accordance with international law and guiding principles of humanitarian assistance and calls upon all parties in Syria and particular Syrian authorities to cooperate fully with the United Nations and relevant humanitarian organizations to facilitate the provision of humanitarian assistance. They are sending in thousands of people. And this advanced team is only the advance for the next 200 who are going to come in. Right? I would suspect that. Mm Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the prime minister of Turkey is saying he wants to invoke NATO's Article 5 over the Syrian border fire. And what happened while they were in, this is Saturday, by the way, while they were in the the U.N. Security Council meeting, all these reports came out with unconfirmed video footage. There's firing everywhere. They're firing left and right. Look at this bombing. They're shooting rockets just to hype it up. It's so much theater. Complete wag the dog, and they're going to call in NATO for a no-fly zone. You watch. This is this is bound to happen. No, they, there's no reason for them not to follow the old pattern, the Egypt pattern. The only place where this is not being followed is in Bahrain. Oh, of course not, because that <laughs> where there's real protests. Well, listen to this report, and you'll get a chuckle. A Friday funeral turned violent today for a man shot dead two weeks ago during one of Bahrain's near-daily anti-government protests. Hardly the best backdrop for a Formula One Grand Prix. But the racetrack is some way away in the desert. The police say they will ensure team safety. And the decision to go ahead rests with Formula One bosses. Mr Eccleston, we heard something from the FIA this morning about Bahrain. You've been in with team bosses. What's being discussed about Bahrain? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing? Nothing? You know what the joke of this is? Is that the F1 races are supposed to be pl- done uh, for the for a reason. They're supposed to be city street races. Yeah, no, they built a track way out in the in the there's sand. No, there's no track no, no, for no, Formula no. One. You're supposed to be driving around the town. That's the idea. <laughs> no, but it's like the people are burning stuff. They're blowing. They, they they're creating pipe bombs. They're blowing up uh, police officers. Going to have this little race out in the middle of nowhere, so the elites can all show up and drink a champagne together and watch you know these drivers drive around and around well also there's some uh, there's some big involvement uh, the royal family owns 50% of the mclaren team you know this this if you the outrage you know where is uh, lieberman and mccain saying hold on a second you know this is horrible we have a dictatorship in bahrain who are uh, uh, killing their own people there's riots in the streets. No, you can just take the words that you can take any Syrian report and just put and in take the word Bahrain. remove Syria and put in Bahrain and it would all, you know, be the same. And these people are very patriotic is what they would say. You listen to more of this report. It's it's it, the BBC is just like whatever, it's all good. So we're going to Bahrain? 
Yes, of course. Yes, of course we're going to borrow. The Borin. wow of a Bahrain's Grand Prix goes well beyond sport. It's worth an estimated £25 million to Formula One. And it takes place on a circuit which costs £92 million to build. The Bahraini royal family owns around 50% of Formula One team McLaren. So there's a lot at stake if the race was to be cancelled. So now it's going ahead. The question is, will it aggravate or will it defuse the highly charged atmosphere in Bahrain's troubled villages? Oh, yeah. It's going to diffuse. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to diffuse. Yeah. That's like the question. Uh huh. It's between those who support the Sunni ruling elite and those who oppose them. Sectarian divisions are growing. Today, the CCTV video emerged of a Sunni mob. This one, this have you seen this footage? By the way, this is great. So, the, uh, a Sunni mob, which looks just like a bunch of drunken teenagers to me. I don't know how you know they're Sunni. They barge into a convenience store. They trash the place, and the cops are right there videoing it and giving them instructions. Looting a Shia-owned supermarket, the police appear to be colluding with looters, apparently warning them of the cameras. Tonight, Bahrain announced a full investigation has been launched. Sure. Anyway, you get the idea. It's a, yeah, it's well, a, we it's spotted the Bahrain thing, I oh, think, yeah. six months ago. That was when it was beginning. Well, actually, during the Egypt, uh, the, the, so whatever, the Arab sunrise or whatever the heck, it, we don't even use the <laughs> term anymore. Spring? Arab spring. <laughs> when they all began, Arab spring, it was Arab spring forward, fall back. I yes, think. exactly. So anyway, they, we, we noticed all this, and it's just, it's such a fake, you know, it's such a fraud. It's such a, it's just ridiculous. The media is in collusion with the... Uh, well, they just uh, do what they're told. It's, it's kind of just depressing. So here's another one that, uh, remember the first time, and I guarantee everyone who's listening to this program, the first time you heard the name Balochistan was on this show. There's no doubt. I'd, I'd never heard of it until it came out of my own pie hole. Balochistan is now um, falling into civil war. Gunmen this morning killed seven Shiites in Balochistan. They, we, the United States, and of course... The reason for this is because the uh, Tapi pipeline coming through Afghanistan on its way to India goes right through Balochistan, and we need to protect that pipeline. And that's why we're starting basically another one of our color revolutions in Pakistan. And that's why we've been all over Pakistan's butt recently, you know, making it difficult, calling out their people, putting them on the most wanted list, offering 10 million bucks as a as a bounty on their head. And Balochistan, you're going to see it more and more. That's the next place that NATO will have to go in or the uh, armed forces or at least us. And Pakistan is not having it. In the parliament on Thursday, they had a unanimous declaration. The U.S. must immediately stop violating its sovereignty through drone star strikes. And these drone strikes are taking place in Balochistan. Ah, what fun. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I just want you to be informed. That's all. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to be too informed. Here's the, the story that there's a couple of interesting things that came up on Democracy Now. I couldn't get my C-SPAN to come in very well, so I ended up watching you know, these I alternative shows. I had problems shows. with C-SPAN too. Do you have do you have problems with C-SPAN receiving? Yeah, it? it's not coming through. It's just coming in as a dead channel. Uh, C-SPAN one, right? Two and three yeah. work, but C-SPAN one is dead. No, I got yeah, one for sure is dead. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. It's probably to keep some information away from us, I guess. From you, me, and the five other people that watch it. I heard someone say the other day, C-SPAN is one unpaid electricity bill away from being a radio station. 
And I thought that was... Well, it's going to have problems after Lamb quits. You know, he's quitting. He's retiring. Yeah, he's out. Well, Brian right. Lamb. And he's the one who's made C-SPAN what it is. I'd like to know if any of, of our other producers in Gitmo Nation, United States, have had problems receiving C-SPAN 1. Because I've seen this, too. I thought it was just my cable. But you're having it, too. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm off the dish. You're on the dish. Hmm. Okay. What do you What do you have from democracy now? Uh, a couple of things. Um one is I, I now believe that we can expect to see that sound wave device. Oh, I Chicago. have the clip too. <laughs> There's protesters that get sound wave in Chicago. This was a subtle message. They talk about the, what happened in Pittsburgh where they used yeah. this military device. And then at the end they mentioned, I, I thought this was a coded message to say, you're going to get blasted in Chicago, but play protesters. Let me see. I might have the same clip. We'll have to see. The so-called long-range acoustic devices, or LRADs, emit painful and potentially harmful tones over long distances. The device was created for military use, but it was deployed against protesters for the first time at the 2009 G20 summit in Pittsburgh. The American Civil Liberties Union later filed a lawsuit on behalf of a bystander, Karen Piper, who said she suffered permanent hearing loss, while the American uh, Tinnitus Association said Pittsburgh protesters protesters had been, quote, acoustically assaulted. They compared the sound pressure to what armed forces might face from an impro improvised explosive device. Massive mem numbers of protesters are expected in Chicago when the summit begins next this month. This is very interesting, John. I'm glad you, you got this. So this is Democracy Now!, that's how they presented it. Now let me take you to Chicago local television station and let me show you how they presented the long, what is it called? The long range? Long range something or other. LRDA. Well, LRAD, yeah. LRAD. Listen to how they presented in this report. There were no clashes, no arrests in that march, but there were other confrontations. I hereby declare this to be an unlawful assembly. Pittsburgh used what's called a long-range acoustic device for loudspeaker dispersal orders, followed up by high-frequency, potentially painful, audio chirps. Pittsburgh's use of the LRAD was the first time that machine has been used in the U.S. for crowd control. I'm not going to talk uh, much about the LRAD because we are in litigation over it. Um, we did use it as a toll to get the order to disperse messages out. <laughs> there are still unresolved lawsuits over Pittsburgh's use of the LRAD and other arrests that protesters say took place without provocation. But Chicago police say that they do have an LRAD, long-range acoustic device, available for use. It sends out live or recorded messages in a very narrow sound beam so you can hear the messages with clarity several hundred yards away. <laughs> so what they're saying to the slaves... Is, wow. This is just uh, so you can hear our message clearly. Ron <laughs> and Cheryl, police say that's how they intend to use it here as a communications tool to let everybody know you're not welcome in this particular spot, but they can also send out those alarm tones, which makes you do this. <laughs> it's a communications tool. Oh, my goodness. It's not meant to break your eardrums or anything or, or, or give you pain. No, it's a, we want to make sure you can hear what we're telling you. Yeah, that's a slight difference in reporting. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> so, Although I have to say, the, the, the Democracy Now! show only mentioned that they're having the event in uh, Chicago. They didn't mention that Chicago has the devices already. So they left that out because they didn't know. And uh, I, th I thought it was just a message to tell people, you know, to be cautious. <laughs> but now I can see that there's good reason for that because Chicago is loaded to the gills with these devices, too. And they're going to use them again on the American public. 
Yep. Which is a military device used, you know, uh, supposedly used against the enemy. But it'll only it'll only be used to give you instructions. Yeah. <laughs> I think the instruction is something like this. Shut up, slave. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Listen to my instruction, slave. Hey, citizens. Anyway, we want to thank a few people for uh, helping us uh, produce this show, number 400, our 400th show, uh, going on five years. Sir Keith Edwards uh, in Gilbert, Arizona, $144.54. Hey, citizen, he says, congratulations on show 400. my contribution is made up of $99. Why? Because 33 for a podcast license, 1221 for some May and good measure. What's my and good measure? Yeah, it's a 2012 oh, 12, good luck. 21. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can I get a shot of karma for my eight-year-old human resource? Thanks and keep up the great work. You've got karma. Andrew Gardner comes in from Avenue, Maryland for $129. Needs to finish off his knighthood with a little less than this. But decided to hit the 129 magic number for fun. Please call out Chris Colson and Adam Norhold as douchebags. Douchebag. For listening and not donating, as well as my brother Elliot Gardner. Douchebag. For letting me hook, uh, get hooked on N.A. and then letting me beat him to knighthood. He can get a douchebag a de-douching when he tops off his knighthood. Would it be possible to get a slide whistle duet for a ringtone? <laughs> what, what's his name? It's uh, An- Sir Andrew Gardner? Sir Andrew Gardner. Okay, I'll, I'll, do, the, I'll do the tagline. And, uh, ready? Yeah. Andrew Gardner, your phone is ringing. Good one. What? Yeah, good one. Think so? Yeah, I think it was uh, all right. Clip it himself. Uh, Orion Stephenson or Stevenson in Miami, Florida, one eleven eleven. We don't get those too often for some reason. We haven't been promoting it. Uh, hey, dudes, <laughs> please give my Gitmo Nation stinky cheese girlfriend Doreen Marceau a birthday shout out. We got her on the list. Keep up the great work. William Kilby in Knoxville, Tennessee, $100. Uh, I've been a listener since day one and have only donated $50, so I felt this was getting overdue. <laughs> I also requested you guys quit picking on Bill Gates and George Clooney because they're doing a lot of good with their fame and wealth. I think many potential donators agree. What? <laughs> what? Hold on a second. Hello. Mr. Speaker, the President of the United States. Hey, I was hoping I'd hear from you. Michelle Figueroa in Chicago, Illinois. $75. Congratulations, guys, on the 400 show. I'm a newer listener. Thanks to my boyfriend, Blake. Please send me some karma. All righty. You've got karma. Joe the Dish Slave in Stockton, 6969. It continues the streak of 6969s that began with Carrie Shun. What? Uh, hey, guys, Joe the Dish Slave stopping in to keep the 69 train rolling along, but please put this donation toward my wonderful wife's damehood. And can I get a slide whistle karma shot for the whole family? Okay, karma coming up there. You karma. Oh, brother. <laughs> Paul Kirby, South <clears throat> Ascot, Berkshire. Another sixty nine, sixty nine. First of all, thanks for your hard work. It's really appreciated. I've been on the trickle plan for a few months, but decided to top it off or top it up. 
as I'm about to enter the year of the shill. Yes, 33 years of age on April 16th. Can I get a MILF for my partner, Jacqueline, and a karma shot for our business startup? Absolutely. MILF. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. Also coming in from Glasgow, uh, 6969, Mark. I don't have his, his Mark's other rest of his name. Anyway, he uh, needs a getting laid uh, an exam karma. Yeah, they'd go well together, actually. You've got karma. Jeff Free Anderson, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, sixty nine, sixty nine. The, the streak continues. In the morning, John and Adam, we may put a club together for these guys. <laughs> yeah, a, a real club with a dark room. Yes. A belated ha- drinking uh, beer from Columbia. A uh, belated happy birthday to John with the help of No Agenda Karma. Uh, each turn I've gotten a new job. Wow. A new place to live. And wow. I've been improving each day of the week. Wow. However, there's only one thing mis- missing. I need to get laid. <laughs> I'm shamelessly asking for some get laid MILF karma action to complete the puzzle. All the best to both of you guys in No Agenda Nation as well. I think you mean trifecta. Or the hat trick. I don't know what you mean. But here it is, my friend. I hope it works for you. Please report back. Send pictures. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got (laughs) karma. (laughs) Well, that's what the 6969 is for. And oh, wait, there's another one. Another one as the streak continues. Alex Walter in Lenexa, Kansas. Top of the morning, John and Adam. Please accept my humble donation in exchange for some bunga bunga (laughs) karma. For the wife and I, as we vacation with drinks, a beach, and without the children in celebration of our 40th birthdays. Uh, keep up the great work, and thank you for all you do to produce the best podcast in the universe. That's right. Here's some bunga bunga karma. Lay off the propecia. You've got karma. You don't want any ejaculation disorder. Uh, any architecture in Rotterdam. Uh, $60. Karma to my brother on his birthday, former socialist steel town... Uh, Sheffield. Sheffield. You, can, you can want to put him on the... Uh, Is he not on the list? list? I don't think so. Maybe. Okay. Look. Let me double check. Yeah. Any money left from having a great night out should be invested in a boat so he can be he can leave that island on his own and it may well become necessary. As always, spreading the message and doesn't... He spreads the message and doesn't get recognition for what he does from sis to sister in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Okay, well, there's a lot of vagaries. Okay, there but any so. architecture is uh, uh, happy birthday to his brother or her, her, her brother. brother. Her brother. Okay, got it. Ryan Treby in Perth. Oh, Perth. Yes, our favorite. 5678 without comment. Uh, Ryan Benson, Tampa, Florida. Double nickels on the dime. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe. Donating today to request some anti-police state karma. On Tuesday, I'll need all the karma I can get as I battle the nanny state pre-crime regime. Wow, that sounds nefarious. You've got karma. Tom Bushy in St. Paul, Minnesota, Twin Cities. Double nickels on the dime. Ryan... Kislik in Langley, B.C., 5510. Carl Middleton, Hoppers Cross, Victoria, 5510. I think I've been in karma debit when I received my last shot, so I'm back for more. I'd like uh, Hot Pockets karma. Keep up the excellent work. (laughs) Hot Pockets. You've got karma. You know what's so funny about it is that that in the karma shot, it's it's like that handbell that's ringing. It just... 
something very funny about it. I think it. it's the harp that really projects the karma, though. I think the bell sets it up. I think it's a combination of sounds. It, it's, a, it's, a uni- it's a wonderful universe thing. Uh, Andrew Seuss uh, in Melbourne, Mel- Melbourne, 5510, from Kaiser Suisse. Please put my brother Patrick Suisse on the birthday list for April 16th. Uh, Scott Stan Sandstead. Hold on, you missed Mark. Oh, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry, Mark Matiosus. 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 Matiosus could be Rockland, Massachusetts. Nuts. Fifty-two forty-two. Because I love you, Scott uh, Sandstad in Orange Vale, California. Uh, in the fifty-one fifty. First time donor, Megadit, long time boner, been listening since sometime around episode one. Wow. After you first, prom- after Adam first promoted the podcast as an avowed scruncher, whatever that means, I must clear my douchebag status, which was bestowed upon me by David Habedank in 2009. The karma shot that he gave me finally worked. And right before Christmas 2011, I landed a job at Apple. <laughs> Unfortunately, the job doesn't pay well. You're working at Apple. I would make roughly the same money at Walmart. Oh, wow. So I'm making a donation for a de-douching and an in-the-morning slide whistle duet karma shot. Hey, this duet thing is is catching on, John. It sucks. Okay. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. <laughs> In the morning, he wants in there to throw that in. <laughs> sure. In the morning. Right, sure. Geez. Sure. Jason Burke, Richmond, Texas, $50. Chris Slowinski, Sir Chris Slowinski to you. Sherwood Park, Alberta, 50 Mike Westerfield, Sir Mike Westerfield, 50 And uh, Alan Levine for Congress again. Every show he's in, so check him out. If you're in Georgia, I would definitely uh, vote for him if you're in his district because he's going to help us all. Uh, L and his com, I believe. And it's A-L-L-A-N-L-E-V-E-N. El Cid Campiador. 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 Campiador, I think, wouldn't it be? I'd like to be anonymous once again. No. Fifth column, $50. I'm going to be mentioned by the name El Cid Campiador from the fifth column. I would like, as usual, a round of karma for all the listeners and for us, the both of us. For excellent content. Hit it. What am I supposed to hit? Oh, the karma? Karma. Oh, I'm sorry. Got it. You've got karma. We want to thank all these people and other and the others that came in for lesser amounts for various reasons for helping us finish show 400. I uh, hope you get uh, some value for value out of these shows. We do uh, 20 hours plus a, week, a month. Uh, actually, we do probably about five. Yeah, about five. Five a week? More than five. five. It's been more recently. Yeah, we've yeah. been overdoing it. Yeah. About five a week, uh, four weeks is about 20. There's a lot more material you can get from watching a movie. And, uh, but of so course, just that's just the much. material. What goes into it is... Uh, oh, it's lots of... I mean, it's just... Too much. It's, it's my full-time job. That's what I do. You know, um, last night at this party, a lot of beautiful people, by the way, you know, because people always say, hey, and so what do you do? And, uh, you know, usually I say, I'm a bum. That always works. Bum. Yeah, they're like, oh, okay, this is, Austin's a good place for that. Or they'll, or I say, I'm an inventor. I like that one. That always works. But last night I tried a new one. I'm a government legislation analyst. And oh, it, right, the government legislation analyst. And it blows their mind. And Mickey's like, hey, you got to get some Curry DeVore Consulting business cards 
yeah. and just hand it out and just say, you know, I'm a government legislation analyst. And people literally look at me like, you work for the government? <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm a government no, legislation you're analyst. You're analyzing government legislation for, for independence. Yeah, and then I say, well, no, I do that as a hobby. <laughs> that really blows their mind. What? When you're weak, that's, you don't do it as a hobby. That's a lie. That's you true. You have to say, no, that's I true. do it professionally. I do it professionally. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so I, I think I'm going to get some cards printed up. Because I, I, like like I like the logo at GitmoShirts.com. I think that's a good logo for us, for the Curry Dvorak Consulting Company, which is probably a Nick the Rat or something, the original logo. I think we should, I think I, I think uh, I'm going to use it. Look around. We'll come up with something. But whatever the case, I think cards for government legislation... Less, can't even say it. Legislation analyst is a good one, right? It's it, a great one. It's a winner. It's a great title. It's a winner. I'm telling you, it's a. It's a. It, it makes people wacky. I, you can, then you can say, "I'm no, I do it professionally. I do it for the No Agenda show." You can look up. Just type in No Agenda to Google, yeah, and you'll see yeah. how what this is. And hit page three because that'll still be us, biatch. Up to page six. That's right. So this is what we do. Uh, this is uh, how we do it. This is how we roll. Um, <laughs> it's just the two of us and our thousands of producers who help us. No agenda news. What does that even com. mean? How we roll? It's what all the hip kids are saying, man. Well, what does it mean to a kid even? Well, Do, he, are they on the ground rolling around? Or are they, are they <laughs> how, about, how about we say this is how we spin? How, this is how we spin. <laughs> this is how we spin, baby. Dvorak.org <laughs> slash N-A. And we congratulate uh, Sir AJ Raystat. His son Nate turned uh, three uh, yesterday. Orion Stevenson congratulates his girlfriend Doreen Marceau Marceau on the 14th yesterday as well. Paul Kirby, uh, he turns 33. The magic number age tomorrow. Alex Walter congratulates his wife and himself, both of them turning 40, and they got their bunga bunga karma. Andrew Sos says happy birthday to his brother Patrick. He celebrates his birthday tomorrow. And any architecture wants to congratulate her brother on his birthday. Happy birthday from all of your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And we have one uh, person we need tonight today as... um, uh, people are trying to get in on the uh, No Agenda Night Rings before they expire. Not, not that your ring will go away, but if you uh, become a knight. <laughs> what happened to my ring? Hey, it melted right off my finger. Uh, we'll be. Uh, coming, and and come, by the way, I appreciate AJ Rice that when he sent, he's mailed in his donation for 404 to get on the 400 Club, and he sealed it with his night ring. Oh, really? Oh, that's and very cool. And a gobble wax. Cool. <laughs> Draw thy blade, Sir Dvorak. Very good. Andrew Gardner, step forward, ma'am. Ah, it's great. You are the only uh, person to be knighted on this uh, celebratory episode number 400, and we are very happy to do so, so please kneel, sir, while I can bestow upon thee the title of Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. I hereby pronounce thee, sir. Hey, what happened there? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Sir, Andrew Gardner. Night of the No Agenda Roundtable. For you, we have hookers and blow. You might have to move the Secret Service agents out of the way, but otherwise they're there for you. Or if you wish, Rent Boys and Chardonnay, which I have not heard the mainstream media use yet for the Secret Service. And, of course, your hot pants and booze or your wenches and beer. Thank you very much for your donation up to $1,000. 
in total donations. Your ring is in the mail, Sir Andrew Gardner. By the way, I guarantee you the Secret Service, it'll come out that it was gay hookers. I guarantee you watch. Well, that, if the, if the, if the uh, story starts to die down, then you, could, then you bring that in to pump it back up. Yeah, it back yeah but that's only, that's only if, uh, if people are like, hey, what's going on with the drug thing there, man? We'll see if that happens. We'll see if that happens. I got some Gitmo Nation stuff, which was quite disturbing. This is from your neck of the woods, uh, John. Uh, up there in uh, San Francisco. Uh, one of the biggest problems, uh, well, there are two big problems you have there. One is the potholes, although I think they seem to be fixed, right, on highway? Well, no, only in areas. So a lot of the potholes have been fixed. There's still potholes on the bridge. And I'm going to make a, I'm going to put my camera up on the dashboard, and I'm going to drive through some pothole-ridden areas. There's areas that are just all potholes. It's terrible. Well, you I mean, the, the Highway 80 that I've been complaining about, that one stretch of what was once all potholes has been fixed. Well, if, uh, if you're thinking you need to put uh, cameras on your dashboard, you don't need to do that because that has already been done for you. My first high-tech parking ticket in oh, San Francisco. Yeah. Do you know about this? There are buses in San Francisco that have video cameras built into them. And while these buses are going through their route, during the day, that video camera is recording footage from the street. They have two cameras, one street level to kind of get the wide in front of the bus, and then one is on the side of the bus, like waist level, to capture license plates. So the time on the video was 4.06 p.m. The raw video footage captured by the buses is downloaded into SFMTA servers. Then parking enforcement agents watch the video looking for parking violations. How disgusting has this become? They're out of control in San Francisco. And by the way, those tickets are $65, 75 and $85 for parking violations. And, and what else are they going to be scanning? You well, know? they're also scanning the buses. Apparently, the one that bothers me the most, because, you, you know, if you go to protest these tickets, you'll find that the, the, the operation has been taken over by a private party. Of course. Of course. Someone's so, got to so make they, money so on it. So you can't even go to the courts. It's not a court thing anymore. It's, it's been outsourced to some douchebags. So now they have these bus lanes in San Francisco, and you, to make a right turn, you have to get into the bus lane to do it. And so sometimes if you get into the bus lane too soon and the bus sees you in there, they will, you'll get a ticket for being in the bus lane, even though you were going to make a right turn because they're not going to see that. So what you have to do is if you see a bus, you got to – I still use those bus lanes, but now knowing that the buses have cameras, I'm not going to use one if I'm in front of a bus. I think uh, get a ticket but this in the bus lane. But this has been pioneered in uh, Gitmo Nation East in, in the UK. They've been doing this for a while. It's just cameras everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah just, a, just a tax. It's a form of a tax. Anything they can do to fine you, you know, for just anything. They just want to get your money. If you go, I, I tell people, do not do business in San Francisco. It's a miserable place. It's Every, we went to, when Nick the Rat was out here, uh, he says, the first thing he says to me, oh, Jesus, you're in San Francisco, you can't walk down the street. There's a million homeless guys begging you for money. Yeah, I know. You know, hey, buddy, you got a dollar? Yeah. And they're, and they're grubby and they look, and they look like they're going to, you know, attack you. It's not a, you know, it's an unpleasant city. It's got, it's got, the place is crawling with, with uh, vagrants, let's put it like it is. Crawling with vagrants, they're going to tax you with fines for anything you do. There's no parking. 
It's it's a miserable place. I tell do not go to San Francisco if you're a tourist. Go someplace. Go to Seattle. Yeah, don't come to Austin. If you're a tourist, yes, but if you want to move here, no, stay away. We're fine here. We don't need any more people. 200 people a, a day now moving from uh, California to Austin. Really? 200, that's what I heard. Yeah, 200 a day. Well, right now Texas is on a boom. It's the only yeah. state in the country that's in a boom. I'm a trendsetter, baby. You are. I, I saw I this trend. I saw this trend a long time ago. No, so there, didn't. <laughs> you went to Austin, visited, and you said, hey, I like this town. It wasn't That was you, the trend. I'm moving here because it's a trend. That was the trend during the Hot Pockets tour. Hot Pockets. We saw that, and we set the trend. Uh, by the way, we still do not have a trailer. We're looking for a trailer to hook up to uh, Mustang Sally. That is the 2002 Dodge Ram. Uh, and we'd like to hook it up in Texas, obviously, so we can uh, do our Hot Pockets 2009 tour. We're looking forward to starting to get that rolled up. If you have any information about that or if you want to put a meetup together, we're going to do a route this time instead of completely, you know, we figured out that was not so good for the show. We have to kind of route. Uh, so if you can get uh, 50 people together for a meetup, uh, we'll put you on the route. Send it to Mickey at Curry.com, cam, Curry.com M-I-C-K-Y. At Curry.com, Ms. Mickey will be coordinating that. But without a trailer to hitch up, we can't. And oh, by the way, um, I do have the the brake device in Mustang Sally. You know, you have you to have about your pickup truck. That's the pickup truck. Yeah, I've got the I've got the brake box. Yeah, you need that. Yeah, that's in there. That came with it. Oh, so you can stop the trailer. Yeah, so would, you won't jackknife. Yeah, it would be handy, wouldn't it? I haven't tested it, but I th- it looks new. So uh, I guess it'll work. Um, and uh, and we'd like to do our Hot Pockets 2009 tour this summer so we can come and meet you all. And that would be a lot of fun. We uh, really enjoyed that uh, last year. And we'll probably do two separate tours, you know, two or three weeks at a time, come back, rest up. Um, <clears throat> I think Christina and Juan will stay at the house uh, while we're on the tour. So we have to come back. Party! After, yeah, exactly. We have to come back to after two or three weeks to to put out the fires. And uh, the, the TSA has a a new device. Uh, I, I I I just caught this by coincidence. I have not. Does it run on stolen iPads? Yeah, it might as well. Listen to what they're doing now. Posted. All right, the TSA is testing new technology that could soon end up in your airport. Machines will scan and verify travelers' boarding passes and IDs, and he, here is how it works. For the passengers, they'll have their ID and their boarding pass. They'll hand the ID to the officer, and then the boarding pass himself will scan onto the barcode scanner. Once the barcode scanner is complete, the the passenger will, will hand the boarding pass to the officer. The system itself will only require a few seconds to make a determination if, in fact, all the information is in order. And if it is, the passengers will proceed to the checkpoint. If we do get an alert, we may request additional information from the passenger. So right now, the machines are only operating at Dulles Airport outside Washington. In the next two weeks, they'll be installed at airports in Houston and San Juan. And after several months, the TSA will decide whether to expand the program. So this is unbelievably messed up. So this, what they're doing, and they're not replacing anybody because they have a, the video. You still see a, a TSO because you know now they're called officers all of a sudden, which makes them feel a little more official. But they're not an officer of the law. But you can, you know, like I can be Officer Curry and you could be Officer John, and we can put it on business cards that has the same same value. Sits behind this machine. You hand your ticket and your ID, and then what they're saying in this report 
is, oh, the machine will check to see that it's verified. But no, that's not what they're doing. They're putting you into the database. They're actually tracking you now. They're putting that information into their own database, scanning your information, which is not happening at this point. It's another part of the police state closing in on you. Not going to do any real-time processing. The minute you order a ticket is when they know if you're on some kind of list. No, now they're going to just add another another piece of crap, and these things are going to go down. It's just going to be. It's going to take longer than the guy shining that purple light. Please, <laughs> purple, light. purple light. Give me a break. Right. Show up. It started a couple of years ago. Freaking jabronis. And, and so, yeah, oh, yeah. So now this machine is going to be able to determine if it's a valid ID, but they're going to put all your information in the database. Oh, yeah, Curry, okay, you traveled from Houston. Notice that. From Houston. Oh, where'd he go? Oh, yeah. I, I, this should be unconstitutional. I think it is, actually. And this is before you get to the checkpoint. This is when you're in line. And before you get yelled at. Well, I guess the airlines wouldn't give them their databases. It's, it, it, I don't understand why. I and mean, what is the database I'm being put into? And I don't know who makes the machines yet. I, I haven't done the research. The database, to just, you know, it's just one of these, you know, tracking databases. And at some point, somebody's going to come into the TSA and say, what do we got all these names for? Is there any way we can sell them to the insurance companies? Or is there some deal we can make to get some money out of all these names? It's got to be something like that, but very little talk about it. Very little. Just this one report that I happened to catch, you know, offhand. I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. No one told me about that device, but it's hooked into something. Nobody told me about the little purple light until I saw it. (laughs) What is the purpose? Does that show you the watermark or something important? Looking at the driver's license with the purple light. And And I like it how how then they look at you. You They look at you. Look at the picture, then look at you. My favorite one is the guys who hold up the driver's license and then can and then go back and forth with the picture and you. Yeah. Like they're matching they're matching the distance between your eyes or something. It's like, do I want to see this guy naked or not? Let me see. Let me do this guy <laughs> Your naked. earlier naked. segment, maybe that's what it's all about. Well, you know that uh the Boston TSA uh this came out I think Thursday. Boston TSA agent nabbed during child pornography crackdown. This is the second or third TSA agent in Boston. They, it was a 55-person porn ring, child pornography. And uh, let's see. TSA agent who worked at Boston's Logan International Airport was arrested as part of a sweeping child pornography crackdown. They're working at the TSA. This is, oh, man. Well, on a lighter note, <laughs> here's an interesting story that was on Democracy Now! about Mahana, the, the guy who made some, I don't know, he went on a website or something. He ended up with 17 years in jail. Uh, what did he do? What did he do? He'll read to play the clip. And a U.S. citizen and Boston area resident whose terrorism conviction sparked allegations of trampling free speech has been sentenced to 17 and a half years behind bars. Tarek Mahana was found guilty last year of, quote, conspiring to support al-Qaeda and other terrorism charges. The FBI initially courted Mahana to become an informant following his 2009 arrest, but he wound up being jailed in solitary confinement. 
the jury rejected the defense's argument Mahana was acting well within his First Amendment rights when he posted online that he supported Muslims resisting U.S. occupation. On Thursday, more than 300 supporters packed a federal courtroom in Massachusetts in support of Mahana at his sentencing. Wait a minute. So the guy, so they, they tried to get him as an informant. He said, screw that. And then they said, oh, okay. Then we're gonna yeah. we're gonna arrest you. Now, oh, now if you wow. read enough about this, you get all kinds of different reports on what this guy actually posted, including oh, he's advocating shooting American citizens and soldiers and blowing up a mall. But then, if you really look into it, it doesn't seem to be the case. But he was arrested for I guess he was on a you know a jihadist BBS or something, making saying one thing or another. And so the FBI, I this was not reported any place except on the show. I'm sure, except in some underground uh, outlets. The FBI, I guess, went up to him and said, hey, you know, uh, you're kind of deep into this. You know the, what the good sites are. We would like you to work for us, and we'll give you a nice, healthy stipend. Yeah, if you and cooperate. Said, yeah, if you cooperate, and you'll get off on this phony baloney charge. And the guy said, no, screw you. And they, oh, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Screw us, huh? Yeah, really? Yeah, you, yeah, you, really? That's the way you feel? Okay, yeah, bye. We'll arrest you. No, that's how it works. So in other words, if the what I'm just saying, if anybody gets approached by the FBI to work for the FBI, take the job. Yeah, really? <laughs> take the Immediately job. take the job. Just take the job. Just take the job. What's the worst that can happen if you're working for the FBI? Yeah, so I'm, anyway. uh, I, I finished the book. I'm still waiting the confirmation on the interview with uh, Tim Weiner. Oh, okay, good. That's going to be interesting. Make sure to get a couple of clips for us, and you're going to run yeah. the interview on the stream, I assume. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, all the big book show interviews are going to be on the stream soon. Okay. Um, and uh, I should probably uh, re-upload or you know, re-promote the uh, human rights guy, because that, that was actually quite interesting about where human rights come from. Um, now, I want to play with something that's a little lighter than this guy getting thrown in the slammer. This really, I, I, it's a strange, it's a clip from local news. I just went, what? I mean, we have enough problems with the, you know, the, send a kid to college now. Just to, what used to be, you know, a few thousand dollars is like tens of thousands so, so they can stick people with, uh, with the, loans, uh, loans. With, with loans, which is like, oh my God, you get stuck with a loan, you're doomed for the rest of your life. Uh, so now I think they're jacking, you know, and a lot of people are getting wise of the scam. So they're jacking up the price. Read this outrageous prom cost clip or play. Yeah, sorry. Here we go. From prom, prom season, rather, is about to get underway, and the cost to attend the springtime dance is up substantially this year. The average family of an American teenager can expect to spend $1,078 this year. That's up from $807 last year, an increase of more than 33%. Oh. Visa released the data based on thousands of telephone interviews conducted last month. <laughs> it's the magic number, 33 yeah, up 33%, uh, it, which is a go- magic code, number, which code, means it's code. So there's code for something. We don't know what. But whatever the case is, are you kidding me? What, is it co- what does it cost to go to the prom? Why does it cost that much money to go to the prom? Oh, we got to get Kanye West to perform. Otherwise. I mean, seriously, what, what did you, you, you know, the prom is a, is a da- when you're it's a, a dance. senior. It's a dance. It's a sock hop. It's a sock hop. Well, it's not a sock hop because a sock hop's on a gym floor and then you wear socks not to scratch the gym floor. That was the reason. <laughs> then sock hops have kind of disappeared from the scene. But this is a school dance. It's a school dance. You, you ask somebody at the school to go with you and, you, you know, it's usually pretty dull. And why are you – and you usually wear a tuxedo or rented tux 
which costs a couple hundred bucks, maybe. 150 at Men's Warehouse. You should be able to get 150. Okay, good. So 100. Now, where's the rest of the money going? You get a limo, you split it with 10 guys, you get a big stretch, you have a bunch of people splitting this, it's going to cost you a few hundred dollars, it's going to be 25, 30 bucks. I'm not getting it. Dude, why are you messing with us boosting the American economy, okay? This is what this is for. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a show, a complete, I don't know, it's just it's a scam of some sort. I, yeah. Let me get a little crack potty on you here. There's a, there's a report going around. I'll read the report. It's been copied everywhere. Bill Clinton has allegedly bought an island in the Bahamas and is building a city which will be a refuge from international forces trying to arrest him and other people who will live on the island. <laughs> I like it. I like it, too. It makes sense. Yeah. So I've been I've been trying to find out more. I mean, basically, if you Google this, you'll get the same story over and over again. But that was interesting. Iceland, let's uh, move over to some financial bankster stuff. Um, Iceland, of course, not a member of the EU, as I I don't think they're a part of the, a member of the EU. They, they have their own uh, monetary no, union. No, they were, they've they been, I think they're quasi-invited. Before we go into that story, I want to go back to the Clinton thing. Have you gone back, because you had this thing going for a long time about the, the Clinton body. Foundation and, yeah. and their reporting, yeah. and they keep putting it off and putting yeah. it off. What's the latest on that? No, they released that. But uh, here's the number that, that caught my eye the other day. Do you know how big reportedly the Clinton endowment is? No. $46 billion. What? For, uh, reportedly, $46 billion. The Clinton endowment? For, yeah, for the uh, Clinton... Uh, for his, for the uh, library, for his, the foundation, the foundation, yeah, that's the report. Just Google it. Is this what they said themselves? Go ahead and Google it and look around. All right, I'll look it up later. I just got that's an email. Unbelievable! I just got an email. Do you know how ignorant you sound? About what? Uh, you want to hear this? This is this is this is the support we get from some people. <laughs> your so it starts off with your guys drive me crazy. So uh, your spelling drives me crazy. Your it would be you, but okay. What drug can give you lung cancer? The drug does not give you lung cancer. The concept, you know, blah 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 blah. blah. You should learn some basics about vaccines. Blah, blah. To someone who has some basic education in microbiology, immunology, you sound like idiots. Um, I don't have any education, my friend. I'm a disc jockey. But okay, if you, why don't you send this to uh, CNN and Fox News and get your information from them. If you want to help us, you know, send some links <laughs> and some information so we can learn and don't insult me on email. I'm, that's not kind. Well, I wonder why he's even listening. Well, he's, prob- he's probably a shill for something. Oh, he's a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Give him a douchebag. Come on. Yeah, there you go. So Iceland, that. Iceland basically came out and said, you know what? We're going to forgive the population. Oh, by the way, if, if that drug doesn't cause lung cancer, then why do they tell you it can cause lung cancer in their own advertisement? Well, that's what he should All be I researching. All I was, was play the ad. No, you're ignorant. Your guys sound ignorant. <sighs> Forget about it. Iceland forgives mortgage debt for the population. Now, you'll recall that uh, Iceland 
the way this worked is oh, that really, yeah, they. Oh, you didn't see this reported, did you? Uh, Iceland, no, because it would trigger an American uh, reportage that would kind of indicate maybe we should we do should that. do the same thing. What Iceland did is they set up a banking system in their country, and they had. Very high percentage rates, and you could do offshore banking, particularly from the Netherlands and the United Kingdom. People were sending their money over there, and um, they were getting like you know five, six, seven percent. And it was you know housing uh, uh, associations and retirement plans, but also individuals. It was all online internet banking, and then the thing went belly up. It went bust, and then the governments of the United Kingdom and the Netherlands bailed out. These investors and these single people, you know, individuals, but they bailed them out. It was, I think it was two or three billion euros, maybe even more. I can't remember offhand. Uh, they gave them the money back. So oh, don't worry, we'll take care of it because we'll go and screw those people in Iceland. And Iceland basically is saying, you know what? The banks, I'm sorry. Uh, they, they shouldn't have done that. They did a bad deal. It's not our fault. We're not going to be slammed into poverty and austerity like Greece. We're not going to take that. We're just going to forgive everybody here of the debt. And they stood up and they said, screw it. We're not doing it. And yes, that's what Greece could do. That's what any country can do because these are banks. But of course, you're being sold the lie. And maybe it's not a lie, actually, that if the banks go under, then the entire world comes to an end. Well, maybe. I mean, what do you think, John? If the banks go under, does the entire world come to an end? It might suck. I, I, I agree with that. But will we actually all die? What's going to happen? If we all stood I, up and said, screw it. might it. actually improve things for all we know. And they're not going to go out, and that's never going to happen. It's, a, it's, a, it's unlikely. But I'm, the banks will just start over. I mean, it's, this is the problem that we had when they didn't let banks fail. I mean, banks should fail when, they, when they're completely... No, no we it. were at the we were at the, or they're broke. They got no money. Come on, man! I saw the movie. Stole the money. I saw the HBO movie. The, the entire world would end if we didn't uh, bail out the banks. That can't be true. Kevin Spacey was in it. That can't be true. We were all going to die. And well, Iceland apparently better bailing if you bailed out the homeowners instead of the banks with that same amount of money, which I think would have done the trick. The trillions that actually went into it. Yeah, uh, the banks would have gotten paid, and everything would have been fine. You know, we're about to hit that here in uh, the United States. We're about to hit at least another million foreclosures. That's coming in probably the next, I'll guess, forty-five days. Um, yeah, that's not going to be too good for anything. It's going to be very, very bad. In Portugal, of course, they are next on the block over there in Euroland. Portugal has become the second EU country after Greece to ratify a European Union pact tightening budgetary discipline. The country's parliament approved it by 204 votes to 24, with two abstentions. The assembly also approved the European Stability Mechanism, a firewall fund, and the new second line of defence against debt contagion. After tough negotiations, the pact, which tightens rules on the control of public finances, was signed in Brussels on March the 2nd by 25 EU countries, with only Britain and the Czech Republic opting out. Last year, through tough reforms, the Portuguese government managed to get its deficit down to 4.2% of GDP, while its debt to GDP is expected to rise to 115% at the end of this year before seeing a steady decline. But some critics have attacked the pact for not giving enough attention to growth and job creation, yeah. and it is projected that by the end of the year, the Portuguese jobless rate will surpass 14%. Yeah. Spain, by the way, is saying we don't need a bailout. 
we'll see how long that lasts. I, I, yeah, I'm, last. I'm just waiting for some, you know, some, some be like, oh, you're out. Have and, a countdown. We should start the countdown. Yeah, we'll bring in uh, some Goldman Sachs guy to run your country. We'll bring in a technocrat. Yeah, we should start a Spanish countdown. We should a countdown clock. Um, I don't know. I, I think it. Uh, you say 2013, right? That sounds. That sounds to me like that really is the, the time frame for all of this to happen. Yeah, and it will. A lot of it will. Yeah, and also at the January first, two thousand thirteen, as we heard on the clip from last week, all these things come into play, or the clip from I don't know when we did it. All these things come into play, uh, according to Bernanke. Bernanke. Uh, two thousand. Yeah, he, Bernanke actually said. You know, yeah, it's the yeah. cliff. We fall over the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, don't get so close to the cliff, man. That's not. You don't want to be I'm there. The cliff. Don't be yeah, over there. A, see if you can find this. Uh, figure out this new term. I got a new term I found on uh, on term. one of the Fox shows. Okay. Oh, I see the clip. Here we go. It's nuclear program. Now, that would be my initial assumption, Greg. Uh, look, for the last year, we talked about war, and uh, the international community sat on the edge of its collective chair, wondering and worrying about whether or not the Israelis might uh, strike unilaterally. Now, the focus is on let, let's make a deal. And I suspect for the next six months, you're not going to have war or a deal. Because in, in the end, you've got two immovable forces. You've got the malocracy in Tehran under great pressure, but not willing to surrender its determination to at least acquire the capacity to, to produce a weapon. And you have the... What was the... What, what did he say? Malocracy. Malocracy? Yeah, I was trying to figure it out, too. And it's like, malocracy. I think he, what it is is mulocracy, M-U-Moolah. Like oh, the, like the mullahs from uh, uh, Iran. Yeah, Iran. Uh, the mullahs. Uh, so it's a mullocracy. I thought that was, <laughs> wow. Wow. Anything could be an ocracy then, I guess. On the weekends, there's this guy, Greg. Oh. Does, does, does yeah. an anchor. And he is, just reads a script. Yeah. <laughs> and they bring on the worst shills. And this guy that was on here, that I could have, this clip was really a long one. I could have played the whole thing. And just to show you what, because you could listen to it. You could hear the script. This guy, this guy's name is Aaron David Miller, who has been uh, an advisor or former advisor to six secretaries of state. Wow. So, I mean, wow. this is He's, not a guy. And that's not uh, just any old dude. This is not some schlub. No, that's But a, he came out with his, all his, essentially it was the message. Hmm. You know, it was like you Malocracy. had a script. The other guy's reading the script and this guy's telling us nothing is going to happen in Iran for uh, until after the election is what right. he says. So there won't be an October surprise. Maybe we can have well, a... Of course, he said six months. So today's yeah. what, April, May, June, July. November, November, oh, six months in November. Yeah, 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 he did say yeah, six months and yeah. that is October. There Maybe I'm is. wrong. How about a douchocracy? We can have a, we yeah. have a moolocracy, a douchocracy, and, John, another installment. Another tale of the Hollywood Whackers. I saved the best for last. I know you live for this. We have a new death in Hollywood. Michael Sands, a Hollywood publicist. Very interesting guy. Sands frequently handed out trinkets from the FBI, CIA, and the U.S. Navy and Air Force. Beautiful models and actresses, even secretaries, were frequent recipients of official pens, shirts. What's the guy's name again? Michael Sands. Okay. Uh, he was, uh, according to the uh, Associated Press, he was very tied into the military. 
pointing to a court-martial case at Camp Pendleton where he gained access to military sources. Uh, this is the guy who... Um, he represented, uh, who was that uh, terrorist? Um, Kevin Federline. No, not uh, Abu Abbas, the terrorist behind the 1985 cruise ship hijacking. But here's what's interesting. How he died. You ready for this? Yeah, yeah I, this is funny. He choked to death on a sample of meat. <laughs> he was in a deli and... Uh, they gave him a sample of beef, and he died from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is basically choking, I guess. I guess his throat swelled up. Yeah. Well, you could, I suppose, coat a sample of meat with various chemicals or yeah. who knows. I mean, if you've got, and if you're as soon allergic. As it, gets, then it starts to swallow it, it gets stuck, and then you, you choke to death, and nobody does anything about it. Maybe somebody even tried the Heimlich, I would assume. They so. did? No, get- no. Well, it's, it's even crazier than that, because they did try the Heimlich on him. Um, and this is in Hollywood. Uh, and they're pretty quick in Hollywood, with the although the traffic is bad. But they're pretty get, quick getting emergency services. The emergency service came five minutes after he was already dead. But he, the weird thing is, this happened like 10 days ago, and only now. No, actually, March 24th. Wow is when the choking incident occurred, and it wasn't until um, this past week that it was reported. And this, is, this guy is like, a, you know, he's a serious PR guy. According to um, this woman who wrote a book, CIA in Hollywood, How the Agency Shapes Film and Television, which I think I must read now. now. The, wait, before you finish that, I want to read something from the wiki entry, which, you know, people jump on this. I'm going to read you this just and you can deal with it. On March 24th, Sands started choking on a sample of beef in a deli. Sands suffered from COPD. He was pronounced dead on the scene for five minutes, then revived. (laughs) Oh, he was revived. And taken to Cedars-Sinai at the hospital, Sands was placed in a medically induced coma to prevent inflammation of the brain. Ultimately, he did not survive and he died 13 days later on April 6th. Ha! Well, this is according to the Book of Knowledge, so who knows? But wow! So I, they whacked him twice. Well, it's like apparently they didn't get killed. It didn't work. So they put him in a coma, <laughs> and then they beat the crap out of him. I guess who knows what happened, but whatever. But the fact that he's tied to the CIA—I mean, we've got to figure. We got to look into this guy because uh, there's obviously more too. I mean, he was handing out pens and dental floss. Even it says the dental floss from the CIA. Hey, can I? Hello, hello. No agenda listeners who listen at the CIA, and I know you're out there. If they have CIA dental floss in the store, could you please send me some? I'd love to have some CIA dental floss. It's probably coated with something. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a good idea to use. No, it'd be nice as just something to have. But this around. guy, I mean, he got whacked. How can you argue with that? But by whom? Uh, this, the agencies. The, the agencies. Yeah, but who? What agency on what side? You can't say there's no, no reason. No, th- he, he probably had information about something. The guy was way tied in. And a similar thing when his client Gary DeVore went missing in 1997. Sand pushed the theory with investigators that DeVore had been involved with the government intelligence services and his fate was somehow connected with this role. Do you think it's DeVore's possible? body was finally found submerged in the California aqueduct. Do you think it's possible that maybe he was, you know, maybe he was coming out with some news about how, 
you know, Clooney, maybe, you know, any all these how all these Hollywood celebrities are compromised and are meant to propagate the message. And maybe he just got too dangerous. He just knew too much. In 2011, Sands was approached by the Utah family of Wasif Ali Hussoun, Hassoun over a one million dollar book and movie deal about the Marine corporal charged with desertion who allegedly faked his own kidnapping in Iraq. Hmm. Maybe he knew something about um, the Afghanistan uh, night raid where 17 people were killed. Well, whatever. We'll never find out. This is not going to well, not from not him. coming out. We're not going to find out from him. That's for sure. Um, but, and, but, you know, and this also like, where's the, this is something that you'd figure the mainstream would be all over. Well, I figured you would not. You probably would have seen this on extra or something. I haven't been watching extra. Yeah. You'd think it would be on extra, extra, extra. Anyway, stuff I'm tracking for the Thursday show, plasma fusion becoming a reality, a very interesting technology. Uh, which could uh, help us get off the grid, I guess. Finally, my backyard nuke. Never work. You're very, you're very pessimistic about all this. Why, why, I mean, why so pessimistic? You don't think that there's some other stuff out there that we can figure out how to use? And I'm sure there is. From? But? It's not going to happen. There's not enough money that goes into research this, these things. Right. Well, Plasma fusion. It's not a new idea. It's old. It's never been proven. I think cold fusion has a better shot, and that's hundred years away. Really? I mean, what is? How does cold fusion work? I don't know. If I knew that, I'd be rich. I wouldn't be talking to you. <laughs> oh, really? Hey, well, screw you. All right. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. And after four hundred episodes, that's that is basically <laughs> that's it. how it ends. If I was rich, I wouldn't be talking to you either. I can't even say it. I wouldn't be talking to you either. No, you wouldn't. I know that for a fact. I'd call well, you and just go. You, once in a while, you give me a call. You'd say, hey, hey, <laughs> I'm rich. Hey, Devorak, what are you doing now? Yeah. Jerking off? Yeah. Well, are you still on that Twitch show? <laughs> you are on <laughs> Twitch today, aren't you? Yes, as a matter of fact, I am. Okay. Well, make sure you congratulate yourself with 400 episodes and ask Leo how he's doing on that. It's going to be it's a big number. So what is the uh, what else besides plasma fusion? You said there's something else you're looking no, at. No, 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 no. You'll have to talk to me to find out. I'm not going to tell you now. No, I was gonna. I want to give it to Lois. She can pl- promote it. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't. You know, you just ridicule me. I mean, no, I didn't. I was being light and 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 uh, light and and uh, what's the right. word? North Sea tsunamis. Okay, Is that good enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, uh, happy four hundredth, uh, John. I enjoy doing it while we're poor. So please consider us in your dreams, uh, noahdvorak.org slash NA. in your wills. <laughs> in your wills as well, yes. Go to noahgenthenation.com and uh, pick out a mug. And we'll be back on Thursday. In the morning, everybody, from Austin, Tejas, Camp Mofa, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is shining. It's actually quite nice out here. I think it's probably even better than the weather you have there in Austin. I'm John C. Dvorak. And on the stream, the No Agenda producer update follows this program. We'll be back on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A.